you know, I, I spent a lot of time learning and researching, meditating on, you know, the observer behind the eyes and, and really tuning into how to enlighten oneself to, to become present by becoming the awareness. And you, people can have awake, like if you're listening to this right now and, and you want to experience an awakening, just, just close your eyes and, and focus on the awareness that's aware of the physical sensations and continue to go as deep as you can into the awareness that is aware of being in the body, the awareness that's aware of life, the awareness, and you just keep going inside of that awareness. And that starts to like, almost like um, break up the, the stuff that's been solidified of like, this is reality, this is, we watch TV, we go to work, we did that. You know, it starts to open that up and um, those emotions come in. That was Michael Armstrong. I am your host, Michael Dunphy, and this is the Further Liberation Podcast. Michael is an entrepreneur and the creator and host of the podcast Deep Shift. It's a podcast about the awakening of humanity. It turns out that our name is not the only thing we have in common. We've had similar experiences and have a very similar mission. It was very cool to connect with him and share our ideas. As always, I hope you enjoy this episode and thank you for tuning in to the Further Liberation Podcast. Well, I guess, first of all, as I do with most people, especially those that I have never actually spoke much with, is get to know you a little, you know, tell me who Michael Armstrong is, you know, how'd you get into what you're doing? Um, you know, I, I listened to your episode about your spiritual awakening, but I would love to hear more about that. And, you know, if you want to share it with my audience as well, I think it'd be a really interesting story to tell. But anyways, uh, just in general, what you, what you would describe yourself as and what you enjoy what you do why you do this kind of thing yeah i uh so i had a spiritual awakening uh it's probably about nine years ago or so and my whole life i've been an entrepreneur just making startups different businesses um launched a startup in in silicon valley at one of the largest tech conferences and i've just really been involved in tech mm. uh growing up i saw the internet as something quite magnificent mm. that could transform the world. And um, yeah, so this experience that I had completely changed my life, completely changed the path that I was on uh, in terms of business and, and, and everything that I was headed. And um, just to, to catch your audience up on what the experience was, it, it, I was in a kitchen sitting next to my friend. We were just chatting about like artificial intelligence and, you know, robots and what's the difference between a human and a robot. Mm. And we started to get deep into like the cellular structure of the human system, the, the atoms that, that make it up and, and just kind of like the guy I was talking to, uh, he, he considered himself to be like an atheist. Okay. And at the time I considered myself to be a, a Christian and I had born and raised Christian. And so we had very uh, fun dialogues, him and I, quite often. I bet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he was talking about how, you know, if, if, if a robot, you build a very advanced robot and you give it artificial intelligence, it's going to be pretty indistinguishable between a human. Mm. Humans themselves are biological robots, essentially. Yep. 
And he says, you know, if you if you pull a battery out of a robot, it just turns off. Like mm. it doesn't go to like heaven or anything like that. Right, right. And I was like, wow, you got a good point. And I think this part is very important in this awakening story in that I experienced some fear. Mm. And I felt as though for the, probably the first time in my life, like maybe this, this whole religion thing that I had been born and raised to believe mm. Maybe it's just over once, right. once, you know, our batteries pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember having this very strong feeling of like, Ooh, that's kind of spooky. Like this, it would be literally, you, you could die and it could just be over. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Game over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, that would kind of suck. Like that just, to me, <laughs> that, that felt kind of pointless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that the first and, time you actually really considered that idea? It was the first time I really considered it and felt right yeah. strong emotions with it mm-hmm. i mean, had always had my yeah, a doubt or here here or there but very strong programming so i was like no nah, i'm good you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um so that was in me and we just kept going down we kept talking and i was like i don't know you know, i was i was open-minded about the whole conversation mm-hmm. and um at some point when we were diving deep into the atomic structure of the human body, what makes up our cells and everything, this tunnel came from the right side. It was like a tunnel of light and it stopped in front of me. And I just like zoomed in front of it. And keep in mind that him and I are just in the kitchen. We're just chilling, you know, chatting. Was there any and psychedelics so, involved in this situation? No psychedelics. Yeah. No wow. psychedelics. Maybe we smoked and we like a couple hours earlier. So right. We're just like hanging out with, with buddies and stuff, but yeah, right. no psychedelics. And we're not tripping out at all. Wow. Okay. And I go through this tunnel of light and all of a sudden I, I see this big ball of light in front of me uh-huh. and it looks like all these little like water droplets, like coming off of it and splashing back into it. And there's this presence there, almost like a, a I don't even know what to call it. It was a being it was very much there, but also almost invisible. Like it was like speaking with someone who you can feel is there, but you can't see is there, but because you can feel them so strongly, you can almost see them. Hard mm. to describe, but very much a presence. <laughs> I know what you mean. I've had similar experiences. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I would love to hear about those as well. Mm. And uh, so, so I, uh, this, this being is, is, is essentially telling me, okay, this is what you're looking at is a source of everything. Mm. This is like mm, source energy and all those things flying off of source are souls all having their experience. And then they go and splash right back into source energy. And I was like, wow. <laughs> say, yes, yeah. No. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. And so I, I am getting all these downloads, like all these downloads are coming in mm-hmm. and I like just like zoom back out. And I was, I was like, every cell in my body was vibrating. I, I it just felt like pure joy flowing through my system. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> I look over at my friend and he looks at me. He goes, what was that? And I was like, wait, you were there too. And he was like, yeah. He's like, that was the craziest thing ever. Like, and I was like, wait, we were, we both went in and out of this thing at the same time. Holy and there's, crap, 
Right. Yeah. There's something about <laughs> the, the, the two, two people experiencing it that just validated the experience. It wasn't like worse or anything, you know, it was two people, a, an atheist and, you know, Christian, and they both experienced this like insane thing. And we're just like laughing. Like we couldn't stop laughing. It was just like so much joy and, and excitement. And, and we were like trying to like figure it out also. Yeah. And I remember at one point, he or me were like, do you remember this like being that was there? Like there was some sort of like presence, right? Yeah. And we were like, yeah. And once we both acknowledged that this presence was there, uh-huh. that tunnel came back and this time for a shorter period of time. And after that, it was like, I was like, okay, that was the craziest experience of my life thus far. And he was like freaking out about it. I'm like, we just met God. <laughs> like God, you know, it's like, <laughs> and so we called the, the, this presence it. it. It was like this like presence that was, that was there. Um, and there was this one takeaway that was the strongest download that I received. And it was that death, no big deal. Death is like a transition. It's like walking in a door and then you walk through the next door. Like this thing that we're experiencing goes on forever. And, and death is simply a transition. And after that happened, I went online and I went on like every message board. This is like maybe just, just before like Facebook, maybe MySpace, but like the way to get information was you go to message boards. And so I signed up to like the Christian message board, the Islam, uh, Buddhism message board, you know, philosophy, every single one I could find. And I, and I wrote down my story and I said, does anyone know what this is? Like awakening experiences. I hadn't yet heard of anything like this happening. Mm. And the clearest answer I got was from the philosophy forum. And it was like a Satori moment, which is like a brief moment of enlightenment in which you, the veil of reality is lifted for a moment and you can kind of see a, a much greater reality. Right. And that sent me down a path that just completely opened my mind. And yeah. And, and here we are today. Talking <laughs> yeah. about spirituality with a cool being. That is unreal, dude. Like I've, all, I've heard, you know, I've read books and heard accounts of people having shared experiences, but mm-hmm. I've yet, well, I think I've met some people who have, but it's, it's rare that I actually come across people who have had shared experiences. So when, uh, when you first went into this light, like how, from your perspective of time, how long did it seem to last? I would say I was in there maybe, I mean, from my perspective, like a few hours okay <laughs> yeah. from, from actual time perspective it was probably like a minute right yeah yeah it's the way like, it usually is yeah i mean and, and it'd be interesting to see from the outside of where just like standing there just like staring into space because mm-hmm. like, we weren't talking at the time but yeah it felt like i mean it felt like lifetimes of experience right um, yeah. but it was it was yeah probably about a minute or so mm-hmm. And your friend, like he, he described it the same way. Like he said that it was just like a ton of light, like everything you guys spoke about, it was kind of like you experienced the same way. Did he have any differences? Was there anything different about his experience at all? Uh, his experience, I, I guess it differed from his perspective mm-hmm. and uh, he wouldn't want to call it God because mm-hmm. it was just a bad kind of bad word in his mind. Right. Um, and, but he was so 
excited about what this was that he became evangelical about sharing this experience with no way, everyone. Dude. That he oh, met. that's amazing. <laughs> are you still are you still friends with this guy now? I am, yeah. Yeah. So what is his take on everything now? I, I imagine he don't consider himself an atheist anymore. Uh well, he, yeah, it's it's he he kind of went in and out of, mm-hmm. of like believing in this greater reality to to not and every time I'd see him I'd be like you remember right like, <laughs> <laughs> we were there that was real that was real yeah, yeah. And, and he's always like yeah um, but I actually haven't talked to him uh, recently uh, like we're still homies but we just right. you know haven't haven't chatted in quite quite some time mm-hmm. um, I would like to talk to him and just get like his full rundown on his yeah. experience of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause for me, it, it just completely, it changed everything. Like I, I started a, a different business because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wanted people to have this experience because First. I believe the catalyst of this experience was conversation mm. and it was through, um, the fear. I think the fear was very important. The fear of death, uh, which is why right now is such an important time because a lot of collectively we're experiencing this fear of death, this fear mm-hmm. of this virus, uh, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be a catalyst for a lot of awakening experiences, and realizing that awakenings can happen through just a simple conversation. Um, I started an online platform for people to talk about interesting things and for people to right. listen to interesting things. Right. And um, yeah, I went pretty pretty heavy down that that right. path. So, what platform is that? Like, what exactly? How does that work? Um, it was, so this was shortly after the experience. So this is a few years ago. Um, and basically it was, uh, people could have conversations like these live conversations and anyone could, could tune into the conversation as it's happening. Okay. And based on how many people are tuning into the conversation, the algorithm would lift it up. So you can kind of see which ones are most interesting to listen to throughout the whole platform. Um, kind of like a real time podcasting sort of conversational network. That's and, really interesting. Yeah. Is yeah, it still it, running today? No, it, it ran for about two years and it wasn't, I, I didn't figure out the whole making money thing. <laughs> <laughs> Built this amazing platform. Yeah. Uh, I, I shared it with, there was a conference called TechCrunch 50, which was like the largest tech conference like in the world for launching startups. Mm. And um, if you've seen the, the movie or the TV show Silicon Valley, I was going to say I'm pretty sure I've seen it on that. Yeah, yeah, he he, he that was like the the conference that he presented that, mm-hmm. and he was at TechCrunch Dis- Disrupt, which was the same thing. They just kind of switched branding a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but I got accepted to be one of the 50 companies to launch on stage in front of like thousands of people, and so wow. I launched this idea, and yeah, it was all for helping people awaken, mm. and some really yeah really cool things happened in in terms of the conversations that were on it, like um, it was around the time of Arab spring when a lot of the uh, Middle Eastern countries started like fall, uh, a lot of civil wars. Okay. And so I'd get people on from all the different countries uh, to talk about what was going on um, from their perspective. Right. And um, it was like an earthquake in Japan. It was that people were like chatting, like as it was happening, like some fascinating things, but um, yeah, never really, uh, never really fully got in gear to, to become wildly popular and didn't make enough money to be sustainable. So mm-hmm. I ended up just kind of moving on and right. continuing on to do new things. Mm-hmm. So how many years ago was that initial experience? Uh, the initial experience is about nine years ago or so. Oh, wow. Okay. So you've been at this for a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the path since then has just been wild. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And uh, I think I heard you say in one of your podcasts that you're what, 37? Yes. 37. I never would have guessed that, man. Honestly, when I first encountered you, I thought you were younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> How old I'm 31. 31. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I get that a lot that I, I don't look my age. I think it's just I'm not a huge fan of stress, so I think that it's good just to live a <laughs> carefree life. And yeah, dude, you know, yeah. Uh, I, the whole nine to five thing. Like, honestly, I I can't. I I, I tried it for like a month, mm. and because uh, I'm born and raised in LA, and mm. um, it was at this like recording studio, and I just like couldn't do it. Like, wake up, go to a job for like eight hours leave just do that over and over and and so i've always done my own thing in life Mm -hmm. very cool Um, started a bunch of different businesses and stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. so where did your work take you after that uh after you basically moved away from that platform after that i um created some apps with uh, a friend and um yeah uh all different sorts of things so like connect people but just on different different sorts of levels um Mm -hmm. worked on a, a project that was um, it utilizes the low energy Bluetooth that's in a, in everyone's cell phone. It's essentially sends a signal out. That's like, you know, 30 feet or so. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It, it would connect everyone within that close proximity. So you could, uh, it was like a kind of a way to exchange contact information. Like if you're all at a party, everyone's saved there mm. and then you open the app and you can see everyone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I've always just kind of been really interested in, in connecting people socially Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, there's something about the internet that is just, uh, I mean, uh, as a 37 year old, like I was like, right when I was a little kid, I had a computer, like when I was in like first grade, there was no internet. Right. And then, um, around like third or fourth grade, like we started to be able to connect online. Yeah. Um, just before like the commercial internet, there was like BBSs, which was like super ghetto. Um, like you essentially create your own internet. So your telephone line becomes like a hub mm. and people can call into your, your oh, telephone. Okay. Right. And then, and then from there you like, you can like chat with people who call your house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which then America online essentially became that house, but they, they bought tons of numbers. So everyone could all call in. Oh, and I see. Yeah, really fascinating how the internet came about. And I, I was there to like witness this whole like birth of the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, it excited me quite a bit. I was just like absolutely yeah. blown away. I bet. Uh, going to a private school at the time. And so uh, I would always go online to have people who lived in France helping with my French homework. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, it was quite, quite, quite nice. Um, but I believe that uh, I believe that I chose this time. I, cho- I chose this time to be alive to um, experience this amazing shift in, mm-hmm. in humanity that's happening right now. Agreed. Yeah, man, it's quite incredible, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So um, before we go deep into stuff like that, what uh, did you do? Any um, I guess training, or did you kind of teach yourself how to like code and all that, or where did you go to school for it, or? I, yeah, I taught myself, taught myself everything, taught myself how to code. Um, when I was a little kid, um, probably like nine years old or so, uh, I was like a computer hacker, you know, right. because 
<laughs> at the time, in order to get online, you uh, you had to pay ten dollars an hour to be on the internet. Wow! Like, it, like literally, cost ten dollars an hour, like like fourteen dollars an hour in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, so my brother and I would go online like real quick and like try to do everything we wanted, and, like, chat real fast, and then sign off. Mm. Um, but we wanted to just be online twenty four seven. We wanted to be online all the time, and so I started to learn how to. Uh, it's like chatting people. I'm like, how can I be online more often? And um, yeah, there was this whole like hacker community in the beginning mm-hmm. and um, I found ways to get online for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that lasted for uh, that lasted for quite some time. And then I, you know, download software and like learn software and I really taught myself everything. And um, so, yeah, I was, I was a, a computer hacker as a kid. And then eventually I started to, I realized that, Oh, you can actually like, make money on the internet you know mm. it's gonna be like a business i started to make websites for people and and uh i had a little group of friends who we all made websites and like used photoshop and stuff so we all helped each other um but yeah i didn't go to school for any of it um mm-hmm. i think school is necessary for some people but uh i, I wasn't a huge fan of it mm-hmm. and so uh yeah i went to like a junior college uh took took like, a business class and, and just dropped out um, right I just couldn't, couldn't do the school thing. Like I couldn't do the whole nine to five thing. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I started, I started a business that just like blew up. It just took off and yeah. it was selling uh, Nintendo controller belt buckles. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Which, which, uh, it, it basically for, for people who are, are listening, I had a, a old school Nintendo controllers, which was like the square boxy, you know, yeah. Mario brothers, Zelda, Right. Um, really cool, like black, gray, and red, white mm-hmm. controller. I took those and I, I gutted it out and attached a belt buckle piece to the back of it and turned it into a belt buckle. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and I started, I posted it on a bunch of different message boards and it started to gain traction. Like people started to, to reach out to me, like, oh, hey, this is like, we want to interview you. Mm. And, and then next thing, next thing I knew, I was like in Wired Magazine and FHM, EGM, Nintendo Power. Like, wow, dude. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like That's it just cool. went around, it went around. And once, if you have any sort of product, if you have anything that is featured in, like uh, FHM, for example, which is like a men's magazine, mm-hmm. um, it everyone like if you get featured in something that's like relatively big, you get so many people reaching out to you to 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 get interviewed, to be in this magazine, to do the. It's like, it's really fascinating to experience virality. And it was like maybe viral for like a couple of years. Right. And then like Hot Topic uh, made their like replica, like metal version of it and started selling that. And so you were, you were literally the first, or were you the first person to actually ever do that? Because I seen those belt buckles. Like I knew, I had friends who had that belt buckle. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. unreal, dude. <laughs> That's so yeah. cool. <laughs> wow. It That's was pretty neat. It was fun. It was, yeah. Trying to, like my, my whole family was like helping me construct them in, in the living room while it right. like, was time. And like, eventually I found a source that actually had replicas. It looked exactly like a Nintendo controller, but it was just like a replica. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I just dropped out of school and just pursued that and then just continued to do my own thing for mm-hmm. till now, till 37. Right. So what, is that what you've been doing for your like main work since then? Is like... That- um, yeah, well, it's, it's actually changed so much. So I, I did that for about like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as that trend kind of went down, my buddy and I, we started a clothing company 
mm-hmm. uh, called Nerdy Shirts. And we just made like really silly slogans on t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, we we grew it from like my my closet to we got an office. And then eventually we got like a warehouse and we hired all of our friends to help ship and, and manage customer support. And we grew that for uh, a few years. And then, um, yeah, and then after that, I, uh, we sold that company and then uh, started doing apps and stuff, had, had my awakening experience, like that mm-hmm. shifted everything. And um, yeah, so right now what I'm doing is uh, I, I help spiritual teachers make money. So um, I work with a lot of different spiritual teachers um, who have like meditations and things like that. And I help them market their meditations, run their online companies and, and all that's kind of like what I do now on a, on a daily basis, which I just love. So that's fun. amazing, man. That's good work. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I might have to take advantage of some of that at some point. I'm starting to get myself into the, the market, so to speak, you know, um, cause like you actually mentioned, you were talking about with one of your podcast guests, like the idea of spirituality and money is kind of puts a bad taste in most people's mouth. But, uh, and it was for me as well. Like I basically resisted making any money from anything I was doing for the past seven years. So like seven years ago was when I had my quote awakening experience. Since then, all I want to do is share what I know with the world, but I was very reluctant to make any money in it. But now my logic is, this is the only thing I want to do. So (laughs) if that's the only thing I want to do, then I got to make money somehow. So, yeah. And money's energy, you know, money can be exactly right. Exactly. Well, I'm curious. What was your spiritual or what was your awakening experience? Like, um, well, I guess I had two really, um, well, there was two really significant events that kind of changed everything. And one of which, uh, was probably the first major one. Um, I was in a relationship at the time and I realized in many ways I wasn't happy in it. Um, I was trying my best to be like the best boyfriend I could be. And this was new to me because I basically avoided relationships most of my life, but I thought it might make me happy if I give it my all. So I did so, but I started to feel this kind of separation between me and my true self. Cause I was basically being someone else to make someone else happy all the time. And it, it like made me somewhat schizophrenic. Like I had a battle going on in my mind 24 seven and it kind of separated in many different ways. It wasn't just me versus another aspect of me. It was like a bunch of different voices. And if I wasn't aware that they were all an aspect of me, then I would have drove myself crazy. So at the time I, I was also writing a book. Like I just got the idea to write a book. I just started writing a fiction and that kind of made me really dive deep because I was analyzing, I was trying to get to know my character. So I was like, in order to know how my character acts, I need to know absolutely everything about him. So the more I tried to know more about him, it automatically started making me analyze myself more. Hmm. And then, so anyways, around this time, it was around 2013 that I ended up going on a trip uh, with my girlfriend. We went to a wedding of one of her family members, I believe. We drove a few hours away from where I live. And... At this time, um, we at this time I was reading a book called Red Dragon. Have you ever heard of it? It's like the Silence of the Lambs series. No, I have not. So, are you familiar with Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. Okay. So, no, Red Dragon. Yeah. Well, I watched the movie. Right. So, Red Dragon is the first of the series. Okay. And it's essentially about this guy who is a serial killer, and the reason why he is like that essentially is because he grew up in group homes and foster homes, and and his mother was super abusive. The times that he did live with her, like she basically tortured him. So. I could see how this 
he could progress into this type of person. And so I was reading this book at the time that we went on this trip. We went to this other town. We stayed at somebody's house. And when I was in this house, I found their bookshelf. And in their bookshelf, um, I was just picking through it and seeing what was interesting to me. And I found a book that was written by a guy who was actually from the city I was living in at the time. Well, I still live there now. Uh, well, it's called St. John's. And anyways, I realized I read the back and I was like, this is interesting. It's by a guy from St. John's. So mm-hmm. I read read the back and the premise was so similar to Red Dragon. It was kind of mind blowing to me. The only difference is that this guy wasn't a serial killer, but he grew up in foster homes. Uh, he had a very abusive mother. Like the the parallels were a little bit mind blowing to me. So I picked it up and it was only like a hundred pages. So, and we didn't have much to do there all day. So I basically just went through the whole thing, read it in like a day and a half. And the, the similarities between both books were so mind blowing to me that I just, I just started to realize that um, everything we are is dependent upon our circumstances. Like it's not like anybody is born inherently bad or inherently good. We all are formed into who we are. So. And the reason why I kind of seen this is because in the Red Dragon book, um, the guy grew up with no one. Like his, he only had his mother at some points, and she was terrible to him. And then he lived in foster homes where everybody was terrible to him. But in the real life, like account that was written by the guy who lived in St. John's, he talked about how he always had his brother with him. So no matter what group home or foster home they went to, he was always making sure that his brother was okay. He was always protecting him. So he had this type of like love in his life, and he felt like he had this purpose to make sure his brother was okay. So I realized like the only reason why one guy went down the dark path and the other guy went down the light path is because this guy had love and this guy didn't. So I just kind of clicked to me. I was like, man, everything is because of our circumstances. And I kind of understood that a little bit intuitively anyways, but it just really solidified it. And then I just started seeing things in myself. I was like, so why am I the way I am? Why do I have this hatred within me? Why do I have this need to have people like me so much? Why do I want cool friends and, you know, like people who are respected and admired? Like I was always associating myself with other people rather than having any confidence in myself. All my confidence came from how cool my friends were or that I knew some celebrities or some nonsense like that. So on the drive back to St. John's the next day, I was in the car and I was still reading Red Dragon. And this whole time, like I just basically stopped reading it because I couldn't stop thinking about all these things. And in those moments, I just was going through my mind and encountering everything that I was, I believed about myself. I was like, why do I believe I suck? <laughs> Basically, why do I believe that I'm no good or I'm not worthy? I was like, Where's that coming from? Why do I believe that? So I just started asking these questions and it was, it wasn't even like a decision to do so. It was kind of like just a process that I couldn't stop. And all the things that I realized that were wrong in my mind uh, were just based on lies of some kind, something that I be- ended up believing when I was a kid because of some emotional reaction. And then I was able to let those things go. And then I can actually remember on the drive home, I got a a text message from a friend of mine who was like somewhat of a new friend. I've known him for years, but we started hanging out more and I've always admired him. Thought he was really cool. Always had a lot of respect for him. Always wanted him to be my friend. So when he was texting me being like, Hey man, let's hang out. I was like, Holy shit. He wants to be my friend. This is so cool. And then I was like, why do I care so much? Like, why does it matter to me? Like, sure, he's a great guy, but why do I derive so much of my identity from how he thinks about me? And then that kind of just triggered it. I was like, man, who cares? Like, just let it go. And I was like, all right, I don't need to, like, I'll still hang out with him. I'll still be his friend, but I don't care anymore of whether or not he respects me. I don't care that I can say he's my friend, that none of it mattered to me anymore. And then I've like, with that kind of, 
mentality, I started to truly feel free. I was like, I'm okay with me. Like, I don't need to have anyone like me is good. <laughs> you know, like I just want to be, I just like, and I remember being in my relationship with my girlfriend and just, she'd always want to do something, go do a couple things and stuff like that. I was like, why can't we just be like, why can't we just enjoy each other's presence? Why isn't that enough for you? You know what I mean? Cause I started to realize like all I wanted to do was just be and enjoy living. And then, so when all that happened, it kind of just became a lot more solidified in my mind that I, all I need to do is just be, if anything ever upsets me, I just come back and sit with my own mind and I can think about it and logically deduce exactly what caused that, uh, emotional reaction. And then I can just transcend it. And then I let it go. And I just gained this skill and it got better and better over the day. So for the next few months, it was just constantly like my brain was never stopping, just sifting through all the dirt in my mind. I mean, like, why is this here? Why is that here? Letting it go, letting it go, letting it go, just dropping everything to the point where I just basically dropped my own identity. I stopped identifying as my own name. Like I didn't really care. I was like, I'm not Mike. I'm not a male. I'm not this body. Like these are just transitory things. What I truly am is just this energy that fuels me. So this kind of mentality was becoming very deeply ingrained in my mind. And then a few months later, I had a psychedelic experience with some friends. And since that mentality was already there, that psychedelic experience basically shattered open the door to let me feel the truth of it. Because before I was like, yeah, I'm free. This is so much better. I'm good. Like I was feeling better and better every day. But when I had the psychedelic experience, it was like everything I was attached to, even like my own thoughts or like that was probably the the point where I started shedding the last bits of my identity. And I was, that's when I truly felt like I was the entire universe. And I felt that connection. I was like, I'm not limited by my body. I'm connected to the air around me. I'm connected to this earth. I'm connected to this galaxy. Everything is me. And it's not everything is Mike. It's just that everything is all the same. And I remember just having to separate myself from my friends. We were all in my, in my friend's living room, listening to music. And the music was hitting me so profoundly because I had no boundaries left. It wasn't like Mike was experiencing the music. It wasn't like, Ooh, I like this. This is good. There was no judgment. There was no, yeah, I like this experience. It was just like the music was hitting me and I was vibrating from it. I was just like, Oh my God, this is nuts. Like the, the drums were hitting me and making me feel all these things. The music, like the high pitched was like making me feel lifted. And it was just overwhelming for me. And I was like, this is amazing. I was just filled with so much ecstasy. It was unreal. And then my friends were just sitting on the couch beside me, like enjoying themselves. But I just felt like I, I feel like in a sense, being around other people is hindering me from really going further. So I was like, I just got up off the couch, went into my friend's room, lie down on the bed and just let it happen. And then it all just started to unfold. And I was just basically sitting, lying there, experiencing all these feelings and thoughts and just knowing that I was connected to everything. And I no longer felt attached to who I was before. And then I always, at that point, I was always kind of like leading up to that. Since I had those experiences before I was trying to make sense of it. So I was always kind of like writing down things, always taking note of what I was experiencing. And so I had this tiny little uh, composition book about that big in my pocket with a pen and I just took it out. And like, I just kind of wrote without any me involved. I just wrote what came to me. And all I wrote was stop favoring sensation over wonder. Because I found that every time I would go into this wonder state where I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what that is. Then I would get an answer. I'm like, Ooh, that's so beautiful. And then I would chase that answer around and be like, Ooh, give me more beauty. Give me more beauty. 
But then if I just let go of that answer, then another one will come. Then another one will come. And I was just like, don't attach to any of them. Just let yourself be in the space of infinite knowledge and it will continue to come. You don't have to grab onto anything and be like, I want that knowledge. I want that. So mm-hmm. I, I told myself to stop favoring the sensation of the feeling and just be in the state of wonder. Because when I fell back into the state of wonder, that's where I truly felt connected to everything. So that kind of really, uh, that whole mentality kind of permeated throughout my existence after that. And then then every day afterwards was even more profoundly just letting things go and learning new things about me, letting things go. I would interact with people in my life and they were like, man, you have changed. I'm like, yes, I have. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> it's very nice. Yeah. I'm free now. I'm free now. And, you know, it was just like for the, the next like six months after that, every day I was perpetually in this state of just contentment or bliss or whatever you want to call it. But then, you know, like after a while, I kind of just, it wasn't that it got worse. It was just like, I decided that I want to bring people there. I want people to come with me there. I want to have friends to play with in this infinite space. So I, in a sense, allow my consciousness to come down a couple levels so I could still use my speech. Cause when I was in that infinite space, I never had words, never had thoughts. It was just, mm, yeah, this rules essentially. So after a while, I just kind of Uh, I wanted to share this knowledge with people. So I got good at describing what it was. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, we're all infinite energy. Like you look at, you know, even atoms, even protons, neutrons, they're all made up of energy. It's just vibrating energy in a field. So we're all that same thing. You got to understand that. So I started basically telling everybody this in my life. And some people were like, yeah, that's not for me. But some people were like, that's really cool. Tell me more. But then over time, over the past seven years of doing this, it feels like my whole, my life has improved insanely. And then everybody around me, their life has gotten better as well. It's just like everybody, it seems like everybody in the world is awakening now. Like it, obviously you're aware of that too, that we're going through this massive shift of awakening because like you said, we're all facing our own mortality now. And that fear, that's a big part of what I experienced is that when I was on the couch and feeling that music hit me and the things I was letting go, one of the things I had to let go is my own life. I'm like, one day I will die. So imagine what it will be like when you're facing death's door. And then I felt that fear. I was like, holy crap, man, this is an intense feeling. But I'm like, just be with it. Don't deny it. Just accept it. And when I accepted that intense feeling, I was like, okay. But from this perspective, it doesn't look like this is going to be the end. But even so, even if it was, I would be happy with that because now I'm free. Even if I were to go to my deathbed at that point and I would have been perfectly okay with it, even if the case was that my life would be over and there'd be no more experience after that. Because at that point, I was so happy with what I, who I was and what I was doing that I was ready to end it all. But then the more I looked into the answers, I was like, so what does happen after death? What made most sense to me when I thought about it was that it continues on. This awareness is infinite. There's no end to this. It's just you move through different forms. So that, that's essentially what happened. And you know, ever since then, I've been just, adapting to my surroundings and trying to find the best ways to share this knowledge, but also in a loving way. So it's not scary to people because, well, you know, you got to face that fear at some point, but I don't want to push people away from ever looking into it. I want to be like, Hey, look, these are interesting subjects. Let's, let's explore it together. And I'm here with you if you get too scared, but at some point you are going to have to face your own fear on your own. So, you know, there's there's so many with, with, with that, like, everyone awakens when they're meant to awaken in their own timeline of awakening. You know, it's like, I have tried 
very hard to force people to <laughs> yeah. greater truth. Yeah. And it, it just, it doesn't register. It just doesn't even, it's like, I mean, I, but I get it. I, I completely get it. I, I remember a few years before I started going down my awakening experience, uh, my friend's mom was like, I, yeah, I, I, I got hypnotized and I saw all my past lives and my son was my husband in that life. And I was like, that is so weird. Like, <laughs> That, that first of all, like no sense to me. Like yeah. you're a weirdo, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't ready, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. But then I started to go down my path, and it's like we our brain is made up of tunnels, you know. Mm. And, and like if we don't have the proper tunnels, then we're not going to get there. But tunnels can be created. These neural pathways can be created by thinking something over and over, or like in your example, like your, you as a friend is speaking of something and you're hearing your friend speak of it. It's creating those tunnels, those pathways. And then when that friend leaves, those tunnels are still there and your mind kind of mulls them over and thinks about them. And, and it continues to create all these pathways. And then like this other friend who's totally unrelated says the same thing about life and existence. And all of a sudden that reactivates a pathway, but like with an added bonus of like, I'm a different person with, with, and I respect you in a, in a different sort of way. And that like mm. connects tunnels. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, maybe it all is true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there is some truth to this. Yeah. It's it. And it's interesting because one of the things I found after this experience was that the truth had been everywhere my whole life. It was always everywhere. Like oh, yeah. example I always use, and it's just a simple one, but like when you're growing up in school and you'll see posters in your school that be says something like be all you can be here, you know, like you can accomplish anything. Mm. I used to look at that stuff when I was a kid and be like, that's nonsense. Like I can't be, you know, LeBron James. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, you know? So like my attitude was just like, this is bullshit. It's just what people try to tell you to encourage you to, you know, become part of what they want you to be kind of thing. I don't know. So like, I never, I never believed in any of those things. And then, and then, you know, the stuff like hearing like, oh, we're all one or we're all the light. I just thought it was like a fancy way of saying we should be nice to each other. But I never thought it was factually true that we are literally all one thing experiencing itself in an infinity of different ways, you know? Yeah. So even with that, like you can, you can say that, like we can say that, like we are all one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like you and I get it. We get oh. it. But even then, like it's tough for me to feel and to really experience what that actually truly means. Mm-hmm. And it's like when that feeling comes, it's like adding knowledge with emotion creates something where all of a sudden it becomes very real. Mm-hmm. Like last night I was having an experience um, that, that, that was like, okay, I was, I was sitting there, I think in bed or so I was like about to fall asleep. And I was thinking like, why does existence even exist in the first place? Mm. And I was just like, just diving into, into, into that. And um, there was something about that. It was nighttime and I was like about to fall asleep. My mind was really open and I started to feel the sensation of, it's almost a fear. It's like looking at the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. I don't, have you been to the Grand Canyon? No, I haven't. It's, it's, uh, it's like you see it in pictures. It's really cool. But then when you get there in person, it's like, Wow! Like, <laughs> yeah, feel it. <laughs> I bet, man. Oh. Yeah, and I started to to feel the emotions that come along with the vastness of 
why does existence exist? Mm-hmm. You know, like what created me? What created God? How does this all exist? And like, if it, if it exists, like if this is real in, in some sort of way, which it is happening. So on some level, even if it's a simulation, it's real. Right. What created the creator of the simulate? Like just going down that mindset is just like, that the added emotion to it, I think there's something really magical about about connecting emotion with with knowledge. Mm. Like we are all one. We are a single consciousness experiencing this, but like to really like grasp that yeah. and feel it, there's just some magic behind there. There really is. It's a totally different experience entirely. Like it's beyond any emotion I had experienced in my life leading up to that to know to really feel that connection with all things and to know that it's infinite is like, I understand where that fear comes from because that fear is kind of like it's there and it starts to build and you start to feel that building, but that's your, your personal identity or your egoic self perceiving that, that build. And you're like, what is this? What's going on? Something's changing. I don't like it. What's this feeling? And then you resist yeah. it because you realize that everything you are is about to be shattered into pieces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A bit of an ego death is, yeah, is coming. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's like for me where I was raised uh, Christian, uh, were you raised any, any specific religion or any? No, no. Uh, my mom was somewhat a believer. She always said stuff like, I believe there's something greater than us, but she never went to church. I know I've been to one church service in my life and that was with my nan. My dad was pretty much an atheist. He told me God was bunko when I was 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've always been very skeptical. I basically had an agnostic point of view up until about 25. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so there's that ego death, like, like growing up Christian, I had always been programmed that this is this is what you believe. Otherwise, you're going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to spend eternity in in, in a fiery depth of of destruction, mm-hmm. um, which is its own form of of fear in itself. But there was there there was there was some ego death in that um, there was a lot of comfort in in believing something infinite, mm-hmm. and um, I, I religion all religions, there's so much truth in them. Mm. Yeah. There, there's mm-hmm. like even Jesus himself, he's a super cool guy, like an, an enlightened being kind of like you and I, like who, who are, are awake. He was fully awakened and, mm-hmm. and he was, uh, you know, connected on a very, really cool level. And he's just like, Hey guys, we should love each other. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they just kill him because he, you know, he's too radical. Yeah. Um, but there, there's so much truth in it, but there, I, I had to go through a lot of ego death mm-hmm. of, um, you know, this is the way and all other ways are wrong. You know, right. all that stuff I had to shed, which I, all that's super toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, but people collectively, as we're going through this ego death on, on, a, on a global scale, mm-hmm. like all these fears are coming up. And this pandemic has really shifted our mentality into a... I could possibly die if I go outside and, and <laughs> talk with someone right? <laughs> yeah. wearing a mask. And like right now in the U S it's very interesting because we're having all these like riots. Like I, my, my friend was posting on his Instagram live yesterday um, back in LA and he was literally in the street filming and there was like cars on fire in the middle of the road, cop car, two cop cars just on fire and everyone's running around them like chanting. I'm like, 
dang, this is a much different energy than like a month ago when everyone wouldn't even leave their home. Yeah. yeah. Now everyone's leaving their home and they're like burning buildings and mm-hmm. cars and, and like rioting. And, you know, there's a lot of energy and it all stemmed from uh, the black guy who was killed by a cop by, cause the cop was like kneeling on him and um, which was absolutely terrible. And that like, that sparked a lot of like activism in a lot of people and plus three months of being inside and not going outside, (laughs) you know, everyone's like ready for this revolution. Right. And and so there's, it's just some fascinating energies and, you know, it's, it's an interesting time. And, And a lot of the people that I've been interviewing on my podcast, I've got a podcast called deep shift, which, very similar to yours where we talk about really interesting, fun stuff about the world transforming. And a lot of the guests who come on, um, some of them channel, some of them are just intuitive, psychic, whatnot. And, uh, there, there've been a lot of similar, um, uh, stories and, um, kind of premonitions of many more of these shifting events happening on this planet. Like yeah. this is just the beginning mm-hmm. because we essentially need to wring out the old world, which is racism, you know, which, which is the, the selfish mentality. Like I need to make as much money as possible and therefore I win. And then we got to squeegee that out and get this new, new earth mentality in, which is we are all in this together. We are all one. So yeah. if you are me and I am all other beings, including this homeless guy. We all need to take care of each other because we're taking care of ourselves in another dimension, another you know perspective of time and space. And so, yeah, we are collectively stepping into this new earth. And uh, this was a huge, this pandemic was a huge um, wake up call and a huge yeah. shift in, in the direction that we're heading. Yeah. And um yeah, some other ones. There, there's other potential realities, um, other potential future timelines. Because the future is not written, but it, it's written many, 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 many different ways. So mm. it's like you get to choose which future we want, right? Based on how we how we act. Um, like for example, with the pandemic, this could have been much, much, much worse than it was. But we did do a pretty good job of like chilling inside and like letting it mm. cool out a little bit. Um, other potential future realities are ET contact where uh, the, the higher intelligent beings who are stages above humanity uh, who are, are watching us right now. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're watching earth and uh, with popcorn. And they, they're, they're not showing themselves on a mass scale because mm-hmm. people aren't quite ready for that. They exactly. Put their mm-hmm. guns into the air or whatever. Like, yeah. Not quite ready, but eventually, uh, within our lifetimes, I believe they they will show themselves. Um, another event is the solar flare that a lot of people are talking about, mm-hmm. which is a yeah, electromagnetic flare that comes and disrupts all technology, mm-hmm. um, which would also kind of jolt society. Um, and then, apart from that, just like financial collapses, government collapses, right. you know, all different sorts of. Uh, the ways in which they are, which are super corrupt and, and funnel money to the top 0.01%. Yeah. Uh, that needs to, that needs to change for sure. So mm-hmm. you know, how does that happen? Because the people up there are not going to volunteer for it to mm-hmm. happen. No, of course not. No, they like where they are. 
for the most yeah. part. Well, they, at least they think they do. <laughs> yeah. They're not aware of the love they could experience, right? And every now and then you do get those enlightened millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There's more and more coming out all the time, man. Yeah, yeah there, there really are. And I love like Silicon Valley. I think Jack Dorsey, who runs the, the CEO of Twitter, I, I think he's an enlightened being. Uh, mm. and, yeah, he, he's super into meditation and um, he's just like, yeah, Twitter employees, they can, they can stay home forever. Like, you don't, mm. you don't have to come to work at all. Like, right. I, I think he's, I think he's enlightened. Some people have a different perspective of him, but mm-hmm. I think, I think he's a cool guy. I think yeah. He's cool. yeah. I don't know much about him, but I seen, I watched, I, maybe not all of it, but I watched uh, some of his interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. And yeah, he just seems very level-headed. Like he, he seems like he is wanting to do good with his company, but all the other people that are running it with them are like, no, Jack, you can't do that. (laughs) That's the way it comes off to me, but I could be wrong. But I want to go a lot deeper into all these different things. Like this is something I want to talk about, but I do have one question for you because I'm really curious before we go into that realm. When you had that experience, uh, I think you said it was last night or, you know, when you were wondering like, why does this existence exist? You never said whether or not you came to any answers. No, yeah, didn't come to any answers. (laughs) (laughs) I figured so. I think that it's it's relatively incomprehensible Mm. to the water brain that we have. Like our Mm. brains are literally just like water and electricity. Like it's like if you took your brain out, it would be the consistency of Jello. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You could like drop it in the ground; it would just splash. Like yeah. We, we are very physical creatures limited by the, the physics of, of our physicality. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite think that our minds can fully comprehend it. Like that's where like emotions do come in, like to, to feel the expanse of it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, I, th- I think the, the basic way to describe it is there exists an existence that's outside of time and space where it makes sense that something just is a constant that just right. is. Yes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the isness is, is certainly, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time uh, learning and researching, meditating on, you know, the observer behind the eyes and, mm-hmm. and really tuning into how to enlighten oneself to, to become present by becoming the awareness and you, people can have awake. Like if you're listening to this right now and, and you want to experience an awakening, just, just close your eyes and, and focus on the awareness that's aware of the physical sensations and continue to go as deep as you can into the awareness that is aware of being in a body, the awareness that's aware of life, the awareness. And you just keep going inside of that awareness. And that starts to like, almost like um, break up the, the stuff that's been solidified of like, this is reality. This is, we watch TV, we go to work, we da, da, da. you know, it starts to open that up. And um, those emotions come in. Like you could, it's like, I don't even know if we have words for all of the emotions, but there it's like a fear slash excitement, mm. which is like, I don't know. This is kind of scary. Like I, this is, this is big. Like, I don't know. And that's a good feeling. That means that you're about to experience something that your, your body's preparing yourself to experience something courageous. Mm. You're going somewhere that's, that's new and exciting. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why I ask is because obviously I've dealt with that question myself. And uh, the only thing I ever came to was just that there isn't a why. 
there doesn't exist a why. There's no, because why implies cause, implies there was creator. But then every time you come back to there was a creator, then there's always the question who created that creator. It's an infinite cycle. So you can't have a why in an infinite cycle. And the yeah. reason why I see our brains not being able to comprehend it is because we comprehend that which we can put into a box, into a system. You know, like this yeah, is the way it is. This causes this, this causes this. We see the system. But see, the thing is that this infinity that we are a part of that exists forever, it cannot be described and boxed up. It It's literally by its very nature goes beyond all boxes. It's just yeah. an energy that is. So you can't be like, this is how it works. Like you can describe its characteristics, but you can't say this is how it starts and this is how it ends. You can say this universe started with a big bang, but there was big crunch before that. And there was, there's constantly universes existing all the time. And yeah. time, like you said, time is not an actual thing. It's more, uh, it's just from our perspective. We experience time because for us, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. But then there's higher beings that can literally see our whole life in an instant. So from their perspective, there's no time in our world, but they still experience time as well. But they can go in and out of our time. They can come and go to 1945 and then go to 2059 instantly. So yeah. they can perceive our time as timeless, but they still, they're like, today I went to 1945. And then right after that, I went to 2059. So from their perspective, they're still experiencing time as well. But they understand even their time from a higher perspective can be perceived as timeless as well. Yeah, this like fifth dimensional perspective of, you know, after all, we are just a, just a bunch of animals making noises out of our mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And we're, tr we're trying to use these noises that are coming out of our mouth to describe something infinite, something yeah. impossible in, in this reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we, we, you could describe why this reality exists because source God was just curious, just wanted mm -hmm. to create. Like, yeah. I, I think by, by nature, the, the nature of, of existence and reality is creation and creativity mm -hmm. and and you know why not experience the experience of separateness yeah mm -hmm. exactly because when you are one thing you don't experience yourself you just are yeah you just yeah you just are and and so how how fun would it be to be born to wake up without any idea that you are God, that you are yeah. source, that you are all one thing and you yeah. feel you're separate. And then you get to play this game of many, many, many lifetimes, yeah. slowly figuring it all out. Yeah, exactly. Then you go back to the infinite for, well, there's no amount of time because it's just, it always exists. It's like the infinity is just like this infinite vibration that is outside uh, everything that is physical. And then it comes into the physical to power it. And then you experience it. But then once you realize it within the physical, you vibrate higher and go back to the infinite. And when you're in the infinite, you're like, there is no time. There's no end to this. But then you're yeah. like, I want to I wanna experience again. I want to go back to being a human or a, a body of some kind so I can forget. And there's just this infinite cycle of remembering and forgetting and remembering and forgetting. And the infinite just, is like a jacuzzi. Yeah. Like you just kind of like you go, you chill in it. And, and you don't <laughs> Yeah. It just feels nice to just be. <laughs> it really does. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But, you know, even after being in a jacuzzi for a while, you're like, ah, I want to go for a run. Or ah, yeah, I want to play with my right now. I gotta... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 
And nothing is like when you're aware of that infinite space, nothing is ever considered bad or good. It's just, I just want different. You know, I just, I want different now, not because yeah. what I'm experiencing is bad. You just want to feel something new. It's your con, like you said, it's all about creation. It's all about doing something that you've never done before. And when you have the ability to take on a human form and forget everything you've ever done, then everything is new from your perspective. So it's just like this magical uh, cycle of constantly being able to forget who you are. So then you can then again, remember, and yeah. it just goes forever. <laughs> Which is why this moment in human history is so exciting mm-hmm. because we are at that precipice of a majority of human beings remembering. Yeah. And it's, I, I think the great awakening is just simply going to be that we recognize on a mass scale that we have multiple lives mm. that we are infinite beings. Mm-hmm. And once, once all of us recognize that on a, on a majority scale, every, everything shifts. Like yeah. you create the new earth. We recognize we're all one. We recognize we have to help each other. We can build, we can spread the resources out and create like a really, really incredible society. Yeah. But as of right now, if you asked 20 people, the majority are not going to say that. Yeah. The majority will, will either say, I don't know, or they'll just speak what their you know, ideology right. told them. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, I, I think it's as simple as it's as simple as that. But then again, it's not simple because you can't just tell people that this no. is the truth. Exactly. They have to experience it and feel it themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have the experience. Uh, oftentimes when I tell people what I see to be the truth, they'll be like, that sounds really nice. I hope it's that way, <laughs> but I don't see it that way. I'm like, yeah, I get why you don't, but someday you will. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. in this lifetime even, but someday it will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious now, like, let's, I want to know what you think of, I guess, everything that's going on. And I also just want to know what you think is our origin story, essentially, because listening to your podcast, you've had a lot of different points of views, but you, like you said, there's a lot of parallels. Like I listened to, uh, was it Elizabeth April? And I listened to, um, Harper. What was his first name? Uh, the guy from unification. Anyways, he, uh, both of them had much to say that was very parallel. And I was just wondering with all that you've researched, with all that you read, with all the people you've interviewed, if you were to put a bet on exactly how we got here and like what our origin story is, how would you tell that story? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's a big ask, but (laughs) it's a a great, it's a great question. Uh, From so uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty huge answer, but um, the uh, I, I would summarize it by humans are a, a, an experiment, mm. and um, right now we are all all eyes are on Earth, <clears throat> meaning all the like higher intelligent beings are watching this experiment as uh, something that's really never happened before. So that so so it said amongst many channelings mm-hmm. that um, this is the first time uh, a mass awakening on the scale of like seven billion people has happened. Mm. And um, in what terms? Why- like in our galaxy or in our in our solar system, in our galaxy cluster, in our universe, in in in, in this universe, oh, wow. in this universe, this is this is an unprecedented event of an awakening on this level. Generally, it's like 
you know, we, we've had uh, Native American tribes who have uh, awakened. They, yeah. they, they went through the mass awakening, but, you know, there's like 200 of them. Right, uh, right. Or maybe you have a, a planet that has like a few million people. Right. But to, to have 7 billion people uh, all, all be going through this awakening experience and um, um, we, oh, the, yeah, the, the, it, it's almost like there is a, yeah, it, it's, it's, we're, we're in this, we're in this grand experiment of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of like, it's almost like a fragile experiment because we are these enlightened beings who have modified DNA to not be enlightened. And we have this potentiality for awareness of this enlightened point of view, but we are, most of us are, are sleepwalking on this planet. So we're like right at the middle of this like really cool, flexible area where mm-hmm. we can go any which way we want. Mm-hmm. And our DNA has been modified by the gardeners who are taking care of this beautiful mm. earth. Right. We, we, we have been over time, we have been um, like assisted to get to this point of human existence where, we, where we're at while also living in a portion of the galaxy of the universe where free will exists. Mm. And, um, uh, We, yeah, we have, we, we have the ability to, to shift our point of view. I don't know. It's, it's something that like, it's. Like how, how we, how we got here. It's the the question is, is so, is so vast and big. (laughs) Um, But yeah, basically we, we were seeded by an extraterrestrial intelligence. Right. Our DNA has been modified significantly over the past few thousand, hundreds of thousands of years. Um, we are, uh, how we got here, like you and I probably not even really human souls. Like we're some sort of higher extraterrestrial alien being who chose to come here from maybe another dimension. Mm. Uh, mo- most people who are, who like have this purpose, like we, I want to change the planet mm-hmm. uh, are not like earth souls that there are souls that came from other portions of the galaxy or other dimensions who came down to assist in earth's awakening at this moment. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, where, where, where did you and I come from? (laughs) You know, I I have yet to get a past life regression um, session. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know my soul's past, Mm -hmm. but I definitely know that I'm not native to this planet. Right. Um, Just because uh uh, at a young age, my mind has been so far out with this desire to like help heal the planet mm. that it feels as though I'm here on a mission right. from some other realm, some other place, some other experience. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Like, if this is an experiment, what is the purpose of the experiment? What are they trying to find out? Hmm. That that in itself is even multifaceted because the, there's many experiments going on, and there's also multiple different races that are um, meddling with the experiment. Mm-hmm. And there's other uh, governing agencies that are keeping us safe mm-hmm. from meddling. 
Right. Um, and everything really happens for the expansion of, of consciousness mm-hmm. and the, the energy behind the human race is similar to the energy behind as, as humans, we want to create, we want to, you know, what, what can we possibly do? Like what, what can we invent to make this more interesting? What, what can we like, it's that, it's that curiosity energy that is, um, creating the, the human experience to, uh, in, into, into existence. And, and it's like, like, for example, like the, the human experience wasn't meant to be one of like turmoil and trouble and, and difficulty and disease. Like it was meant to be more of like a paradise where you come here and, and it's like a vacation. It's legit. Like it's, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And, and, and because of DNA shifts that happen now, all of a sudden disease and, fears and all that can can come in and you know there, there's there's societies that exist outside of of this uh planet that fear is not an emotion that exists right yeah fear if if they if they knew of fear they, it would just their reality would crumble like it, mm. it's just so low frequency that like, they're, they're just up there just enjoying everything right and that's kind of like what we were meant to experience but um you know things shifted and now it's like we're in this point of view where everyone's all eyes are on us. Like, are they actually going to do it? Like mm. with this DNA that's been like suppressed, like, are they really going to have this mass awakening? Mm-hmm. And, and, and from this higher perspective, it's like, it's this is all a game. This is all a simulation. And mm. we all get to pick our characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for example, um, with this police officer who was kneeling on, on, on this guy's neck who en- ended up killing him. Yeah. Some soul chose that police officer's character. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play that role. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the most hated person, uh, at least in the U.S., like right now, yeah. is that guy. Yeah. And, and he chose to be this hated character. Yeah. And um, because he, by playing that role, he is helping humanity see the the racism and all that that's kind of tucked away you know he's helping it bring it to light so we right. can keep it. yeah exactly yeah the tough perspective but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, my thought was like yeah some people are not going to swallow that for sure but yeah it's true like we all choose to play these roles we all are here to play certain roles and his purpose so to speak like you said was to basically shed a light on how messed up it is and how messed up it can continue to be if we don't make change. So by, you know, playing that role now, people all over the country are being like, we demand change. It has to stop. So like things like this, like tragic events of any kind, as tragic as they are, they serve a purpose because without it, we won't, we're not aware of how bad it can be. Like if we just heard stories Uh, Or, you know, if, you know, if something as tragic as like the Holocaust never happened, we might not know, we might not believe that humans had that capacity for that intense amount of evil. But when we see it and it's within our recent history, everyone's like, yeah, we, we got to do whatever it takes to get away from that. We, if we didn't have that, then it might be easier for fascism to come back in and rule again, because we're, we're like, oh, this, these guys with these ideas, they make some sense. So let's believe them. But since we know what fascism looks like, 
we can be like, no, this kind of sounds like Nazism. So maybe we should be wary of these people because we have the knowledge now. You got to have the knowledge of what can happen in order to ascend to, you know, a higher state of being where those things don't happen. We have to be aware of the dark so we can ascend to the light. That's the only real way we can have the light is if we know there's this other side of the coin. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's kind of this awakened perspective of, of, uh, not seeing something as good or bad, kind of mm. stepping out and seeing like it, it is all necessary. There's a higher, the higher perspective. Yeah. Um, while always holding our moral moral compass, and, mm-hmm. and this is what's right. You know, being of service to others is is where we should head. Mm-hmm. But being in kind of a, a non-judgmental space, while also embracing the divine masculine, which is like you gotta you know discipline when necessary and you know, put great boundaries. Up structures yeah Yeah, exactly yeah um one thing that i thought of when i was hearing your explanation and i was actually thinking about it when i was listening to your talk with elizabeth and it might be a question that she might be able to answer but i'm just curious if you have an opinion on it she said something along the lines of uh yes we are an experiment yes other terrestrial beings came here and basically created us by splicing our dna with some of theirs um, now I've heard different takes on, you know, it, I've, I'm not, a, I'm not really educated on all those different theories. So I'm not sure which one uh, she refers to, but the idea of some extraterrestrial race coming here, splicing their DNA with, uh, I guess, uh, great apes of some kind to create us, their initial purpose was to make us intelligent enough that we could do complex work, but not intelligent enough that we'll fight for our own freedom. So we were basically created as a slave race. But then I've heard other theories that, you know, beings come here to just wake us up by giving us their DNA so we can see who we truly are. And the plan was to make sure that we actually become enlightened. So, but one thing that she really, she said that really stuck out to me was that she said, we wouldn't be at this level of consciousness if they never did that, if they never interfered. So that makes me think like if, if us being at this level of consciousness requires some sort of intervention from a higher state of being for a higher uh, being in general, then how did they get to that high state of being? Did somebody interfere with their DNA and that's what created them? Is there, is there a mechanism built into nature that just after you get so complex of an organism, it just becomes self-aware or does it require the intervention from another being in order to actually create it? Yeah, that's, that's a really cool question. And I've actually wondered that myself. Uh, I, I love channeled material. Like the mm. majority of books that I read right now are channeled. Um, mm. I think it's, it's more pure than mm. one guy's opinion, you know? Right. Exactly. And um, there's been a lot of material about earth. And, you know, the DNA and how we came about and, yeah, us essentially being slaves for this higher intelligent um, race that, you know, wants to mine the gold on the planet for their resources or whatever. Right. Um, But there there isn't a lot of information that I've seen of who who was the first uh, intelligence. Right. In, in this universe, mm-hmm. like I, actually, that's that's quite fascinating. What what was the very first one that just emerged from the ground? Right. Kind, kind of like what m- the majority of humans believe humans to be, which right. is like we're exactly. the only intelligence in this universe because I, 
feeling, you know, it, but what, what is the story of that uh, first race of beings that, yeah. that came about from, from the mud of some planet? Right. Exactly. Like this universe is allegedly what? 14.8 billion years old. So at some point during that time, some carbon and nitrogen and hydrogen atoms mixed together and created life. And then it became intelligent over millennia and uh, millions of years. And then it became self-aware. And then I guess they were the first ones to be like, Hey, we're self-aware now. And then they became enlightened beings created what is equivalent to spaceships and said, let's go around to star systems and enlighten other beings. And maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's the two, you know, maybe there's plenty of races out there that kind of emerged and evolved by themselves and just kind of, you know, even just eating the plants, like there's the stoned ape theory. You ever hear that by Terrence McKenna? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you know, we came down under the trees as chimpanzees and then we just started eating the mushrooms on the ground and we're like, Oh my God, something's going on here. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's like a common thing, but then for those planets that didn't do that themselves, maybe some other races that, that's how they evolved came to their planet and we're like let's wake up these monkeys you know they haven't eaten the mushrooms yet so they haven't figured it out so let's let's just go down and and splice our dna with them so they're more capable of understanding what they see when they do eat the mushrooms or something like that it's hard to say but i would i would assume like my guess would be that there's both there's races that emerged from the mud and just became self-aware and then there's races that had some sort of intervention from higher races. And it's just this ongoing cycle that happens throughout the age, uh, throughout the entire existence of the universe. And then the universe, eventually all the stars burn out. They go to, you know, uh, just a bunch of black holes form. They become one big black hole and then it crunches down into a singularity and then it starts all over again. Yeah. I guess that's what seems most plausible to me anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then that's this, this perspective of like being in a kind of a, 3d 40 5d universe mm. it's like that happens but then you, you step outside of that and there's other dimensions right you know, there's, there's other like spirit realms like where do you go and you die you know like mm. in that sort of realm that exists like kind of a bit outside of this mm. for physical perspective right so it's like even within like the very first beings that emerge from the mud and, and the universe like there's still the like angelic realms there's there's still the other uh beings or like even source energy, like God energy that, that exists, that could be communicated with on a certain level. I kind of feel like the first ones would be quite pure in their intelligence and their consciousness. Like they would mm -hmm. just emerge quite enlightened. Right. Uh, but yeah. And even like on this planet, uh, we didn't, we evolved to, to need to like eat, to, to mm -hmm. need to like eat some sort of something in order mm -hmm. to gain sustenance. And that involved eating other us, <laughs> yeah. like eating other beings. And anytime you need to kill something that's alive to eat it, mm -hmm. it means that something could potentially kill you. Mm -hmm. And that in itself creates all kinds of karma. That's, that's not that cool. But if you have uh, beings that are emerging from you know, the mud, who just like just being in the sun is all they need mm -hmm. and all existence on that planet, all they need is just to chill in the sun and, and, and get that. All of a sudden you don't have the element of killing mm -hmm. and even like the thought of killing something to put it in your body is like probably really weird. <laughs> just yeah, like, exactly. And, yeah. and like unheard of, you know, it just absolutely unheard of, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's really fascinating. It'd be actually a lot of fun. 
to interview some like channels and mm -hmm. ask them what, like you and I, we have, we have these podcasts, you know, we, we love talking about this deep stuff and um, it's something I've thought of a bunch, but like we have the ability to ask questions to non-human entities. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we could literally interview an alien if, 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 if so we chose. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually would be cool too to like do some, some uh, collaborative work with you. Like mm. uh, more like um, even like getting like a third person on and like having these like three-way discussions with people. Yeah. Um, just Cause I think all of us like, you know, conscious people, we, we should all collaborate together and like, all most like, definitely this, this tribe of like light and essentially people who want to make the world a better place. I couldn't agree more man. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, we can, yeah, we can, we can ask, um, uh, these sources and I mean, you can ask multiple sources, the same question and kind of see, uh, where all the similarities lie. And like, that was what helped in my awakening after my like crazy experience was I started to read every book, um, Dolores Cannon, like a lot of the different channel materials, Mm. Um, Dr. Michael Newton, uh, materials where people were put into like past life regression hypnotherapy or some kind of hypnotherapy where their super conscious was able to speak through them. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> when you get thousands of people, whether they're atheist, Christian, Muslim, like you name it, Buddhist, like if you put them under, they all say like, yeah, when you die, your soul floats above, you can see yourself, you go into this realm in which you can, you can review your life. You can then choose your next life. You can choose your parents. You then go into a new body and then you experience life. Your soul is growth. Like if thousands of people all say like literally that same thing mm -hmm. in my mind, I start to go, okay, <laughs> this <laughs> pattern means that there is truth behind this. And it's like a yeah. scientific method where you, you know, of course, yeah. You experiment multiple times and you get the same result. Exactly. Yeah. And there's so much of that. There's so many like, um, I read a book years ago about near death experiences and everybody who came back said very similar things. And they came from all walks of life. Uh, many of whom had never even known what a near death experience was or had any recollection or heard of anybody's experiences like that, but they all come back saying that the same type of things, you know, like I went into a, a room, like it was just an infinite room of bright white light. I felt the presence of God or whatever they called it in particular. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how their loved ones were there and they're like, you know, you, this is where you're going to end up. This is where you're headed, but you're not ready to, you're not ready to come yet, but it's, it is up to you. You can stay here with us, but you also have that life on earth and you got children there or, you know, you got work to do. So it's up to you. Do you want to stay here with us or do you want to go back and do your work? And the yeah. people that come back to life, are the people that go back to do their work. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, you know, this, this hallucination or a creation of the brain, but there are many cases where people have these experiences and from the moment they leave their body, their brain dead. Like there's no registering on the machine. They're monitoring their brain and there's no brain activity whatsoever. And they're gone for a couple minutes and then they come back and they'll even say something like, I was floating in the room and I seen you guys trying to revive me. And you said this. And many doctors have said, you know, I've had patients that told me what I said while they were brain dead. <laughs> like, so how could they hallucinate and concoct this, uh, this happening while they were brain dead? If they're not experiencing anything, if their brain's showing no activity whatsoever, 
How could they have heard what I said? And then there's instances where people have traveled throughout the hospital, so to speak. And they'll be like, they'll come back and be like, Hey, doctor, I heard you say this. And he's like, I wasn't even in the room with you when I said that. How did you know I said that? I was like, well, I was flying around, <laughs> you know, nothing to it, you know? So yeah. when you look for the evidence, there is a multitude of evidence. So it's insane, but there's so much. Yeah. And it's like, we live in a time right now where that is not the mainstream point of view. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to look back on this time as, as kind of the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Humanity just didn't get it. We just, as, as a collective, we didn't, we didn't get it. Like, yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it, it, we're, we're stepping into, into getting it. Like you get it, you know, I get it. Like all of my friends that, that I surround myself, like we all understand the greater reality and mm-hmm. greater um, existence of, of, of this experience. Um, and sometimes because I do put myself in a bubble quite often of like everyone who just like understands it on a mm-hmm. higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when I step outside of that and I'm talking to like my friends from high school or, you know, old, old friends or like just other people, it's like, um, I gotta, like, I, I realize that most people are just very confused. Mm. Most people don't get it. A lot of people are just super depressed. Like, they're just like very pessimistic about this reality and like, yeah, they don't see that higher perspective. And I'm like, Oh man. Yeah. There's, there's quite a bit of room to grow. I, I was, yeah, I, I was, I was on a road trip and I was going through uh, Oklahoma here. And um, every, every time I went to a different city, I would go to the bar, grab a drink and just kind of feel the vibe of the, of the area. And <clears throat> there, um, you know, there, there's not a lot of like, higher conscious groups or <laughs> like meditation studios in like Oklahoma, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I was talking to this woman, I was chatting with her in the bar and I mentioned past life regression hypnotherapy, just kind of brought it up in conversation. And she goes, Whoa, you can't talk about that here. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you even know what it is? <laughs> like we but yeah it was like it was so outside of of what was like normal or accepted that it was it was just not even allowed to like she's like people can't hear you talking about that like they'll get upset or something i was like damn right yeah (laughs) that's crazy okay yeah (laughs) there's still a lot of resistance to those types of ideas man and to the point like there's so many people that are so resistant to it that are they are offended by the very idea of it Cause it challenges yeah. what they, they think they know. Right. And you know, I get it. I mean, it's like my friend's mom who was talking about past lives before I, I understood it. Like people just kind of sound crazy. Like yep. if, I get like, it. Yeah. I, I thought she was just kind of cuckoo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Which, the way I was too. You know, I believed everybody who didn't like believe wholeheartedly in what science says was stupid, you know, like, Oh yeah. That's a huge one too. Yeah. yeah. I just was like, yeah, if, if it's not, proven or if it's not stated by using the scientific method the way standard academia says it's supposed to be done then it's not real and so i never even considered it i just dismissed it all you know like uh reincarnation i dismissed i was like well i don't remember what it was like before i was born so obviously there's nothing after death and that was my mentality right and it just made sense to me it just logically made sense but then when i went into the realm where there i could see 
what happens before and after you live this life. It was just like, well, there's something else going on here. But yeah, it, it is, uh, like we said, it is changing all the time. There's so many people coming to these ideas that have never even considered them before because it was just like, you know, but when you face that fear, you got to find something you you're forced to find some sort of salvation because you can't deal with that anxiety of knowing that you could be nothing at some point, And that was the end of you. And if you aren't doing, if you aren't living your life the best way possible, you aren't doing being who you know your true self to be, then you are going to have some trepidation when it comes to the idea of ending this life. Because you'd be like, well, I'll never get to do this. I'll never get to do that. I'll, I'll never become that. I'll never achieve that. And that scares the living shit out of people, as it did myself as well, right? There were certain yeah. things I wanted to be known as or uh, the certain things I wanted to achieve for myself. And when I started to consider the idea that I might not, it really scared me. But then when I found the truth of all things, I was just like, yeah, as long as I stay true to myself and be loving to one, to the people in my life, I don't care when I go because I'll know that I had a good time here. And, you know, and I just get kind of, it's kind of like just a, an extra bonus, like a reward that the fact that I get to keep going after this, you know, uh, like I said, I was okay with the idea of it being the absolute end because I still had the mentality of I'm doing what I can here and I'm okay with that ending when it comes. But then when I look further, I realize that the possibility of the end seems kind of ridiculous to me. Now there's, there's no end to it because that implies a beginning. And then what, what started that beginning and just this whole, the concept of infinity in general is a hard one to grasp because you literally can't box it up because the second you put it in a box, it becomes yeah. infinite. <laughs> so you can't, yeah. can't it, put your mind around it. Yeah. Cause, cause our, our human mind thinks infinite is like infinite time. Mm. But time doesn't actually exist in infinity. So it's mm. outside of even that, that realm of thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but I get why that sounds nuts. <laughs> I love the, uh, I love what I love about this awakening journey and about understanding a higher perspective um, about like life and death is mm. that we're, we're all going to experience death at some point um, mm. amongst the people around us. You know, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced it. I've experienced it. You know, I've had friends who passed on. And having, having this higher perspective has been so beneficial mm. in, in recognizing that their soul actually chose to leave at that time. Yeah. And um, I, I just, it's like, I, I, you know, shed some really beautiful tears and just like mm. released a lot of that, that um, sad energy of like, wow, like this person was here for, for that time and, and how awesome, like I love them and just like kind of like releasing the attachment to them, like needing to be here and then recognizing that they're on another journey right now. Like, yeah. and so, and then you can then tune in, like whenever someone passes, I always like sit in meditation and tune into their soul and just have a conversation with them because mm. everyone who passes on they will travel to everyone they, they knew in this life and loved in this life mm. and kind of like, are, are present with them. Mm -hmm. And if you're receptive to that, they're like that the soul's like, wait, what? Like you get it, you know, and they, they gravitate towards that. And, mm -hmm. and I like to share, you know, if, if they didn't, if they were someone who didn't really fully grasp like a higher uh, perspective of existence, I just share all the knowledge that I currently know of like, you know, enjoy, like you get to choose, you get to do all this stuff. Like you can float around if you want, you can go to, you can go wherever you want. You can travel through time. You can, you know, like just kind of like guiding them with my own mind and just mm. send them all the love that I can. 
right? Yeah, exactly. And I've had some really, really awesome experiences with, with that, like just with, with the idea of, of um, them still being around. And Dr. Michael Newton, who, who regressed thousands of people and has a lot of um, uh, information about souls who just passed on, mm-hmm. um, says that if you're grieving too hard, the, the spirit wants to visit you, like wants to like wrap you in, in love and people get the tingle sometimes when like someone passes on, like that is the, the soul, like essentially mm-hmm. there with you, like trying to communicate. Yeah. Um, but if one is grieving too hard, which grieving too hard is, is actually selfish. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's more about oneself than about the life of that person. Yeah. Um, they can't get through they, they, they can't get in to even comfort you if you're grieving too hard. So yeah. it's, it's, it's important to, to recognize to, if there is sadness to just cry and release it and like breathe mm-hmm. into like the idea of this greater expansion. Um, but yeah, like they, they want to, they want to hang and they, they want to communicate. They want to say like, it's all good. You know, like you, yeah. you do, you do you, I'm going to go do me. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I wanted to add to that concept is that people when it's like I, I had a really like best friend we were like best friends growing up since we were like little kids and he passed on um maybe like three years ago and this higher perspective i realized that there's a good chance that he was already born again into a, like a new baby body mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't think he was some ascended master who just like moved on to in a, another realm. Like, I mm-hmm. think he probably came back. Right. And if that's the case, we are going to exist again within this reality, but he's going to be in a different body. Mm. And, and that concept is pretty exciting because I, I could be like a 50 year old and there's like this 20 year old who's like, what up? You know, I'm like, <laughs> remember me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then maybe I hire him like, to work in a company. I like have this like feeling like, I just feel like we know each other, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like that reality exists. Yeah, and how exactly exciting right. is that? I know. I, yeah. The possibilities are endless, man. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool to consider those things. I know exactly what you mean about having that higher perspective when you're encountering something like that, because it, it like you said, when you, when you allow your emotions to do what they need to do for you, then you can grieve properly. You can let go. And then by letting go, you are allowing that soul to do whatever is necessary for them. And it's not like you're, if you're grieving hard and you're like attracting them into your life because they want you to, they want you to feel good and, 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 you know, be able to heal from it. It's not like you're holding them back. You know, that's what they choose to do. They could very well say, no, screw you. I'm going to go be in the light. But they, they're everybody, every, every soul has free will. So even when your loved one dies, you know, they might hang around you because you're having a hard time. And even if you can't accept them and every time you like, you say that they embrace you, you feel that tingle, but then you're like, no, what was that? That was a ghost. Leave me alone. And you kind of neglect it. You don't want it. Then they'll like, put signs up every now and then like you'd be driving down the road and you'll see something that reminds them and be like, Hey, look, I'm here. I'm here. And then the more they do it, eventually you'll start to be like, maybe there is something going on here. And then you open your mind a little bit 
And then eventually like, maybe I should talk to a psychic. And then he's like, finally, I've been trying to contact you for years. You know, <laughs> you know like, finally you picked up the phone. Like, yes, I'm okay. Everything's great. I love you. You know, all, all is well, you know, you need to let go of me. It doesn't mean that I'm going to leave you. It's just that you let go of me for yourself so you can truly heal. You know, you don't need me in your life to be happy. I'm always here in essence. Mm. So you can just, you can move past it. And I like what you said about, how everybody makes that choice, like uh, on a soul scale, you know, like beyond the ego, everything is a choice. Like the soul is making the choice to, to live, to die, to do everything, to experience the most tragic things, to experience the most joyful things. It's all part of that soul contract, so to speak. And I recognize a very uh, profound, uh, I guess, piece of evidence towards this when my own father passed, because we were in the room, he was lying on the bed he was unconscious for the last like day of his life and my dad was a very proud man and he didn't like when people got upset about stupid things and well even not stupid things but still anyways there was like 10 of us in the room with him and then we were there like all day long and then at about 11 o'clock at night you know everyone's like all right guys we got to go home you know we can't stay here forever so my mom left most of my uncles and my aunts left uh, it was just me and my uncle and my aunt and my dad's best friend who stayed. And then about five minutes after everybody left, that's when my dad chose to leave. And I was wow. just like, yeah, this is clearly like he didn't want everybody to be around like bawling and crying and being all sad <laughs> in the moment. He he wanted in, he wanted to do it on his own. Right. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was unreal to see that. Like, so like five minutes after he left, you know, uh, his breathing started to go get shallow. So then I was like, got on the phone. I was like, mom, you got to come back. Call my sister. You got to come back. And then, but like, to me, that was him saying like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do it all around you because you guys will get too choked up. So yeah, I see that. And I hear that kind of thing all the time that, uh, there's so many instances of people being like, yeah, when we were in the room, uh, he was still there, but then the second everybody left, he chose mm -hmm. to leave. Yeah, it happens all the time. So there's something yeah. deeper. There's something greater. There's a higher intelligence that is beyond his body that is aware and connected to our intelligences as well. And then when we all choose to go and be away from it a little bit, then they can be like, all right, now is my time to go. Everybody's gone. I can do this peacefully and nobody's going to be yelling and shaking me to come back or something like that. Yeah, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you to call a nurse in to, to shock me back to life. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It's and the life death, like it's, it's such a human thing and it's, uh, like I say, like a human thing, because like we are at the, like that point in evolution where, where we don't quite like fully grasp and fully know it, you know, we're, we're like the higher beings, like the fifth, sixth dimensional beings and, and beyond death doesn't really exist. It's, mm. it's more like you're in this body. And then if you want to like go into that other body, you just will it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then your, your spirit, your soul just, just moves on. Yeah. You know, it's just a transformation of form, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. This body's getting old and decrepit. It's hard to move it. You know, I've been in it for a couple thousand years. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to drop this one, get on into another one, go do some work <laughs> on some other planet in some other galaxy or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Hey, uh, can we, can we pause this recording so I can go to the restroom real quick? <laughs> sure thing, man. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. All right. Cool. So, um, one thing I want to ask you is just that ever since this awakening experience of yours, I would imagine that your um, intention is to remain in a higher state of consciousness. So I'm curious as to ways in which you do that. You know, what are, how do you remain there? How do you improve your life? How do you develop yourself in ways? What are some of your cheat codes or, or life hacks that allow you to remain in a higher state of consciousness? Oh, that's, that's, this is the kind of stuff I love talking about. Cool. I love evolution. I I love personal evolution. It's, it's one of my passions in life. And, um, so I'll, I'll I'll share a little bit of my journey and something I'm doing right now that is, uh, really cool that that I'm like developing at, at this current moment. Um, but so I grew up, I was super shy and, um, you know, couldn't talk to girls, couldn't like, I just, I just, I, I didn't use my voice at all. And, um, I went, I, I recognized that I wanted to evolve. And so what I did was I looked for things in my area that were any sort of like transformational experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I did, um, and this is something I highly recommend for other people to do, which is go to like a transformational workshop. If you feel like you have stuff in the past, um, or you want to like evolve or grow or expand your beingness, do like transformational one that's all around the planet. Uh, if you're, if you're a man is the mankind project. Uh, they have this new warrior training weekend, which is super dope. Um, just like the most powerful men that I've ever experienced all just like raising each other up. Mm. And their philosophy is like the new warrior, the new masculinity is one that fully embraces what it's like to be a man, like a powerful man who like knows what he wants, you know, and like leads with his like staff, you know, (laughs) also fully in touch with his emotions and he, he helps other men and other people all be fully attached to their emotions and fully embrace their emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, that was totally transformational to me and, and things like that. I did mastery in transformational training in, in LA. Um, these, these really cool transformational workshops. So I just wanted to share that because um, those things really helped me like step up a little bit, a little bit higher up. Um, but what I'm working on right now is this whole process of journaling on a daily and a weekly level. So um, I'll, I'll just like guide you through my process because I, right now I'm developing it and I'm going to be teaching it at some point soon. Okay. Um, it's really helped shift my life. And so basically what I do is every night I have, I have what I call my study. So you have your area that is dedicated to this. Uh, you know, you just make, like mine's like this little desk next to my bed and I have a little light. I turn all the lights off except for that light on the desk, you know, salt lamp. So, so it's like every night I go there, I have two journals. One journal is a journal that I draw my day. So at the end of the day, I'll think, okay, what were my big accomplishments for the day? And then I'll draw them like nice pictures of of what, what happened. Um, I'll date it. Um, and I have all my significant moments in that journal. And then the next journal just next to it is my tomorrow journal. So I'll, I'll sit in meditation for a moment and I'll think, how can I have the best day possible tomorrow? Mm. And I'll write on the right side column. I'll write, I'll just list out everything that like, how cool would it be if I, if I learned how to dance, you know, how cool to be if I did this and then, and then on the left side, I take everything from the right side 
and I add a, a time next to it. Like, okay, the first thing I do when I wake up, I'm going to do yoga. And I, I just signed up for this online yoga thing. I'm going to do that. After that, I'm going to do my dance lesson. After that, my work. After that, I'm going to work on this thing that I've like always kind of put off, but I like, actually really want to do it. And so I put that there. And then I rip that sheet out and I put it on the top, the top of my desk. And so every morning when I wake up, I grab that sheet and I know exactly what I'm going to do each day. And as I do each thing, I check it off. And then in the evening is then the review. So I have that on a daily basis. And every Sunday I have my week review where I go back and I look at all the pictures that I drew of the whole week and I review all of my accomplishments. Mm. I think it's so important to like pat ourselves on the back and say like, you did a great job. Like look at all the things that you accomplished. It's so mm-hmm. easy for us to get lost and like, Oh, I could have done better. Especially yeah. 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 perfectionist in, in life. Um, but to really celebrate your accomplishments throughout the week and like see how much you did each week on this like visual, like picture, you know, picture based. And some days I, I'm, I'm distracted. So I draw like, cloud you know it's like this distraction cloud just so i know that that day i was distracted Mm. um all the pages of like what i what i want to accomplish each day i tape to my wall so i see the full week of everything that i want to accomplish the things that i didn't get to accomplish um i then have this this uh this like overview i I can like see my week on on a pretty clear level and i can see what worked i can see what didn't work I can see what I wanted to accomplish. I can see what I did and didn't accomplish. And I get this like really clear picture. And then what I do is I take my notebook and I write myself a note for one week from today, for next Sunday. Okay. I will say like, you know, let's say it was, a, it was a tough week and I was distracted. I'm like, man, Michael, like today was super tough. I, I, didn't, get, I didn't get everything that I wanted to get done this week. Um, and I kind of feel like it was because this and this and this, I hope that this next week is better. And then you start to say like, here are the things that would be amazing to accomplish this next week. Like how, mm-hmm. how cool would it be if you could, you know, finish that garden that you started and have all those plants just growing in, in, in your garden. And so I write that letter and I fold it up and then on it, I write open on Sunday and I mm-hmm. pin it to my wall. So the whole week I'm, I'm seeing this letter that's pinned to the wall closed mm-hmm. and after I do my whole week review, I then open that letter and I read it and it's my past self communicating with my present self. And that system, this is going to be the third week that I've done it every single day I journaled. And it's uh, actually a lot of fun. Like each night to like go and like review the day. It's, I think it's, it's a lot of fun, um, but it's helped me realize what works, what doesn't like, for example, uh, I've noticed through the patterns that I've recognized from, from, from all of these sheets that if I start my day dancing, it usually turns out to be a pretty good day. <laughs> yeah, I bet, bet. For whatever reason, the mo- movement in, in the body, mm-hmm. especially if I learn a new dance move and like, I'm a really like terrible dancer. Like I've always <laughs> been that like awkward middle school kid who like refused to dance and like right. watch people and said, like, I hate dancing. But yeah. the truth is that I just didn't know how to dance. And I didn't have any rhythm and I didn't want to look silly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so uh, I downloaded a, a dance course, like dance for beginners, <laughs> you know, here's how to dance. Right. And I, I realized that learning a, a single move, 
that feels super awkward to me. I'm like, ah, I can't even step into that beat. But then if I just do it over and over and over and get into the rhythm, mm-hmm. it something within my like energy body mm-hmm. that, that like, I feel so like accomplished and confident and like groovy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, I feel good about life and like, I can dance whenever I want. And right. yeah, so that's specific for me, but I kind of feel like a, a lot of other people may, it may help uh, move mm. energy well. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm super duper stoked about. And I, mm. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to teach it eventually once like, Maybe the fourth week is done because I'm still refining it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll have that on probably my my Deep Shift Instagram account, which is at Deep Shift. And um, yeah, so that's that's one thing that I, I'm super excited about right now that I love I love sharing. Right on, man. Very cool. So uh, I assume you have like a, a regular like meditation practice as well. Yes. Yeah. Meditation um, is 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 also it it's something that i'm experimenting with because mm. um i think meditation is a little bit different than what people think it is mm. um like a, a lot of people have the idea that meditation is you close your eyes and you, and you quiet your mind um well it kind of is that i think that meditation can be more active mm. and so i will use meditation to visualize my next day mm. and kind of deeper than that i think that meditation opens our mind up to get downloads from our future self and our higher self so like we already exist in the future we already have many potential future timelines that our consciousness exists in mm-hmm. and we can actually communicate with that future self and that future self can send information back through time to us mm-hmm. And um, that's actually what Nostradamus did when he, um, he, Nostradamus, who was like the, you know, world famous prophesizer who, who has books and books and books of prophecies, mm-hmm. which are essentially potential future timelines. Right. Um, what, what he was describing, a lot of the prophecies came true and a lot of them didn't come true. And it's because um, not all timelines that he tuned into were uh, the ones that we collectively chose as right. humanity. Yeah. Um, but Dolores Cannon, she uh, has really interesting books on, on Nostradamus. And uh, I think, I think it's three books, but she also has a video on YouTube. If you search Dolores Cannon, Nostradamus, she talks for like an hour about her experience with, with Nostradamus. And uh, it's one of the most interesting stories I've ever heard. Mm. And, and, just to kind of summarize what, what it is, uh, Nostradamus, he would look into a black mirror, like a, a maybe obsidian or something, some uh, black uh, piece of stone, and he would gaze into it, just essentially staring at his reflection, and eventually he'd start to see visions. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> he, so Dolores Cannon, she's a past life regression hypnotherapist. She uh, hypnotizes people, uh, they go back in, into their past lives. Um, and she hypnotized someone at some point and um they you know go into the, they go into this past life and they're like yeah I'm, I'm i'm like a teenager in this room and she's like okay describe the room because she has them describe you know, where they are what the setting is who is the current leader of 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 their realm you know of their place and time uh, which helps her decide uh where in time they are you know who the who the king or queen or president is okay I see. and uh so this person goes 
yeah, I'm, I'm in a room. Uh, I'm in a room with this guy. I'm, I'm his assistant. And um, she asked him, who is this guy? And it turns out that the guy in the room is Nostradamus. Mm. And, and she, she's like, damn, like that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> you know, let me, uh, let me ask you more questions about this guy you're with. And all of a sudden the person who's regressed, who's this like teenager, who's his assistant goes, Oh, uh, he wants to speak with you right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay. Cause normally it's almost like this third party perspective where like she's when she regresses someone, they're floating above their, like they're experiencing their life, but they're kind of floating above it and they can right. describe it. Yeah. It's never like interactive. Like, yeah, that. exactly. Right. <laughs> but if Thomas, he would enter these, these hypnotic states on his own. Right. And what he would do is by entering that hypnotic state, he would travel into the future. Mm. He was able to communicate with Dolores Cannon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she goes, okay, I'll talk with you. And he, he says, okay, this channel has been opened and um, we'll be able to reconnect at any point. And she goes, uh, okay, you know, like, all right, you know, and, and, and so uh, the, uh, the person who she hypnotized, they had to like travel somewhere, or, you know, they had their own life. And, 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 and she found, she finally found someone else who, who she regressed. And when she regressed this random other person, instantly Nostradamus came through that other, that other person, mm. this other channel. And so she then, she establishes connection with him and she has all these books where essentially she goes over like all of his prophecies and all of this like information and everything that he talks about. Um, but the reason why I brought that up was because we can do that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. meditation like why i say it's like more than just like quieting your mind is like right. literally between our ears is a portal mm. and we can travel through time and space and we can communicate with our loved ones who've passed we can communicate with ourselves in the future and yeah, as moments in time where we like all of a sudden like have this like thought or voice in our, our mind like that can be coming from other dimensions other times other spaces so yeah it, Meditation is something that is really, really fun to play with. And anyone who's listening right now who wants to play with it, what I recommend doing is, um, you know, finding a quiet place, sitting, closing your eyes, breathing for a little bit, and then asking yourself questions. Mm -hmm. And as you ask yourself questions, just allow the first answer to come in. And as that first answer, ask a follow-up question. And, and you can have like this dialogue with yourself that becomes very significant. And I've had dialogues with myself. Like, honestly, I don't know who I was communicating with, whether it was my higher self, my future self, the Pleiadians, like who knows, but I was getting such good information for my life that it, it like literally transformed like the direction that my life was headed. And, and just to add on to that, one, one more thing is um, journaling. So you can like jur- journal meditate where you just start typing. And th- this actually has helped me quite a bit. Um, every now and then I get in this state of being that's like almost like depressed or like flustered, frustrated, distracted, uh, where I just want to like go in the kitchen and like literally eat everything, you know, like just eat like a gallon of ice cream because I'm so like, I don't know what to do, which I, you know. 
have you been in those states of where it's just, oh, yeah. yeah, it's like where you just like, you're just so like, yeah. And it, that can like turn into depression. It can turn into addictive tendencies. It can turn into like, I just want to smoke weed and just chill. Mm-hmm. You know, all these, all these things. And, and uh, weed, which I'm totally cool. I think marijuana is a wonderful thing, obviously mm-hmm. with anything like ice cream, it can be abused, but it's, it's, it's of course. Yeah. Um, and in those moments of total flustered mind, uh, for me, I like to type. So I open up a document, blank document, and I will literally just pound the keyboard. I just like like I've done the same thing plenty of times. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, so cool. Yeah. Keep doing that. And, and I'll be like cursing even just like, you know, just, ah! <laughs> and just like releasing the energy, yeah. allowing the energy to release to like, almost like my mind is like a little bit like tired and like more open. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm so confused. Like I just share like very vulnerably what's, what's going on with me. Like, I just feel so like sad or depressed. I don't even know why I feel sad. I just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I started just saying all these things and all of a sudden, like it, my, my language becomes clearer, mm. and, clearer and clearer until I'm like, I start typing questions for myself. Like, what do I actually want? And even I'm like, I don't know what I actually want. I just like feel good. I'm like, what would help you feel good? I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes like going on walks makes me feel good. Like, well, you could potentially go on a walk, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. maybe I will. All right. And, and through, I have like way too many of these documents where it's just like a lot, like total chaos. To yeah, like yeah. Beauty, like pure, mm. like best friend beauty. Yeah. Th- that have just given me so much guidance. So that's, right. that's another really amazing tool that, mm. that, that people who are, who are tuned in can, can utilize. Yeah. And if you're open, I just out of pure interest, I would love to read one of those documents just to see the evolution from chaos to order. You know, it'd be really cool. Cause yeah. I've written quite a few myself, you know, um, I don't write as much as I used to, but I used, it used to be a really regular practice for me. And basically I would just write just to write. It would be basically that I wouldn't have anything in mind about what I was going to write about. Cause to me, you know, at first seven years ago, all I wanted to do was write a book. I was like, I'm just going to put the truth out there and just, you know, I'm not even going to put my name on it. I'm just going to get it online and promote it somehow. And then, uh, like I didn't want any, uh, recognition because I still wanted my anonymity. I was like, if this like gets big, I want to be able to not be accosted by all kinds of different people. So I basically just like, um, I would still write all the time trying to write this book, but every time I did, like I found it difficult to make it structured because I found that the biggest truth and the most true things came out when I was in a higher state of consciousness. So I would get myself in that state and then it would just be the most simplest explanation like okay so what's the truth here mike and i would write we're all one and that's it i'd be like all right i'm done i'm like that's not a book (laughs) you You can't make a book out of that you need something more and i'm like yeah i get it but like so it was always kind of difficult for me to structure everything i believe into one essay type form so i started making it a regular practice to just write for the sake of writing i was like i'm not trying to share anything here i'm just going to sit down and often what i would do is i would just sit down and i would write what is true right now? And then I'd be like, well, I'm sitting down and I'm typing. Why are you typing? Oh, well, I want to write something. Was, Why do you want? I'm like, what is it you want? What do you desire? Why are you not happy with this yeah. moment? And I would just have this conversation back and forth with myself through type. And there have been multiple times where this got so 
I don't know, like I would just completely step outside of myself and I'd just be there typing and I wouldn't even be thinking. There was no thought. It was just straight down through the crown, out through my fingers, you know? And I was just like, this is like a channeling process. And it it was amazing. And like a lot of the things that I would do, a lot of the things I wrote in that kind of state would be the most true things I've ever written. But there are also other times where I would go to write and I would have absolutely nothing to say. And I would just start. Well, the thing was that I was trying to get to me, it was like the practice of typing itself. I was like, the better I am at typing, the faster I can write these words when they come to me. Because if I don't practice typing, then when I go to write, we are all one, we are all connected. It'll be like W E. A-R-E. You know what I mean? Like I got to be, I got to perfect this skill. So th- I remember this one document I made years ago where it was just like, uh, have you ever heard that sentence that uses all the, all the letters in the alphabets? Like, Oh yeah. Like the quick brown, brown fox. fox. So I wrote yeah. that like a billion times. <laughs> it was just quick brown <laughs> fox jumped over and whatever, wrote it over and over and over again to get used to hitting every single key. And then after that, every time I typed, every time I did like that kind of session, everything would come out a lot faster and a lot more clearer. But yeah, that whole experience of just writing what is true, I made that a regular practice. And I remember, I think it was 2017 or 18, um, you know, every now and then I just get in these spurts. I was like, okay, what can I do to keep myself in a higher state of consciousness? And I'll kind of design a program for myself. I don't often stick to it for more than like a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but even in that time, I'll always benefit from that time that I do it. And one of the things I did was to write every day for a full month. I was like, no matter what you write, you're going to sit down in front of your computer for at least a half an hour and you're going to write no matter what. And a lot of that out of that month was nonsense. But when I went through it all, I found so much wisdom that like just came through me and I just started, I'd take bits and pieces of all of it and just try to find what was best out of like, it's like, you know, you're sifting through sand to find gold kind of thing, you know? So yeah, the, I found that it was a very helpful practice as well. And I do have multiple documents myself of where I'm just typing nonsense. And it's just hilarious to me to go back and read those things. They're like, that was a funny day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, it, like, literally, yeah, it literally is cha- channeling. Like um, you, you, people, some people channel extraterrestrial race through, yeah. through just typing it out. So it's like, there, yeah, there's there's so much magic there. And I love how you were talking about how you like, ask a question and then ask a follow-up question and just keep fault, like ask mm-hmm. them a follow-up question and without even pause, just write the answer, the follow-up. There's, there's magic in that. There's, mm-hmm. there's definitely some, some just, yeah. Beauty. It truly is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you, I'm curious, like I want to learn, I want to like branch out and find more of these because uh, you know, I've read a few channel texts myself, but not a whole lot, I suppose. And I've heard about, Dolores Cannon so many times over the past couple of months that I feel like I'm compelled now to look into her because so many of the teachers that I follow are like, yeah, Dolores Cannon, Dolores Cannon. And I've never yeah. looked, I've never read a word of hers before. Um, queen. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Like she's like, she's the mother of all channeling. Like she, she figured out like that. She was basically a hypnotist, right? That would uh, speak with people and regress them back to their past lives and other selves and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, she she's one of the OGs. She she has since passed on um, a few years ago. I think mm-hmm. seventeen or, or something like that. But yeah, she she uh, she was uh, one of the original people who brought past life regression hypnotherapy into the the, the mass mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, in, in like the early days, like the fifties, sixties, 
She's like, I want to be a regressionist. It was pretty popular at the time to hypnotize people and bring them to their childhood and like mm. quit smoking, you know, or something right. like that. Yeah. Relieve their trauma from their abusive dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what she did. And she brought clients in. And uh, all of a sudden, yeah, at, at some point, um, she regressed someone to their childhood, but they slipped back into a past life. Mm. And this wasn't a thing at the time. And, and she had, she was like, a little bit blown away that wait, where are you? Okay. And then they're describing the scene, but the scene is like from the 1920s. Mm. And so she keeps asking them all these questions, describe the world around them and every, and, and they describe it in, in detail. And then she realizes that she can ask them to move in time, like move to the next most significant moment in your life. And mm. then they talk about this crazy thing that happened to them, uh, move to the last day of your life. And they talk about them dying. And then, you know, move beyond that. And it talks about the transition beyond dying. And so once she realized that was possible, she, it, like, there, there's a higher intelligence that allows us everything. Mm-hmm. If, if we overstep our bounds, even as a human race, if, if we do something that's too destructive for the universe, something will step in and mm-hmm. make sure that we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what we do has a ripple effect outward. Um, and so once she opened that channel, she was then allowed to, on a higher perspective, to do that with more people. And she started to regress a lot of people. And all of a sudden, she started to get a lot of people who would go into these past lives. And she did it with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And then all of a sudden, people started to slip into past lives that weren't on Earth. Mm. And not only was the idea of having multiple lives, like a mind-blowing, and, and I mean, this is like... 50s, 60s era. Like, yeah. this is not something that people talked about. Like, New Age was not a section in the library, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, now when she's getting people who are having lives that aren't on this planet, mm-hmm. it, like, that itself was like next level mind blowing. And she was allowed access to that because mm-hmm. this higher intelligence knew that she was going to treat it like a precious gem. And she then took all these sessions and all her books are essentially transcriptions of her regression sessions. And um, the, 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 the books then go into, into past lives and, and into uh, aliens, um, extraterrestrials. Uh, after she regresses someone, she takes them into the superconscious, which is this you know, higher self. She can ask everything. Why did you show me that life? Why did this person exist on that planet? Why does this person, why did they choose to have this earth life? And that superconscious will answer any question, absolutely anything. And so the, her books are fascinating because it's, it's not her opinion. You know, it's not anyone's uh, idea. It's just simply transcriptions of the regressions. Right. And her books were significant in my awakening of a greater understanding of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a real, real quick story about, about the synchronicities around that was I went to this dance party. I was in LA at the time I was dating this girl. We had all our friends over. We all like one of our friends heard about this warehouse party. You know, it's like one of those parties where like you go to one location and there's a dude standing there who then tells you the actual location of (laughs) the warehouse. You know, it's like all night. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, lots of like super conscious people there. And um, we're just like grooving, dancing all night. And I'm chatting with this guy. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we're, we're having this awesome conversation with this one guy. And he's like, 
you got to like learn about crystals. Yeah, yeah. There's this kid who communicates with crystals on YouTube. He's so cool. And we're like, what? And this is like early in the awakening. And he's like, and Dolores Cannon, do you know her? We're like, no. And he's like, oh, he, he grabs his phone. He goes on Amazon. He orders one of her books, the three waves of volunteers in the new earth. And he sends it to my house, like gift wrapped and everything. And that was, and then, and then he just like floated out of my life. You know, that was just one moment and like an angel, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I finally got the book and it took a, it took actually about a half a year to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had it, I opened it. I didn't feel compelled. I had it. I opened, I took a random page. I'd, I'd read like the page. Ah, they're interesting. Yeah. Put it away. All of a sudden I, I kept doing that. I'd open a random pages and I, I'd read enough where I was like, oh, that's, that's actually kind of fascinating mm-hmm. to the point where my mind was like, you know, the ner- the neurons all connect. And that's like, mm-hmm. now is time to read it from the beginning we've connected enough neural pathways where you're going to feel excitement for this. Okay. Yeah. So that excitement came and I started from the beginning and I read the entire thing and it right. just, just opened my mind up to all these possibilities of like extraterrestrial races that are communicating with the planet and like what that actually means and the truth behind it. Cause like before that it was like, you hear about some like guy in like an AM radio station who's like crazy in his, in his, in his, uh, desert house who talks about aliens and it's like kind of like one of those like crazy things you know but this made it something tangible and real and 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 the amount of different stories that she had of people who regressed and how they talked about all the same things uh really opened my mind up so i if you're if you're thinking about dolores cannon checking her out Mm -hmm. i have and then since I've gifted this book to so many people, but I, I highly recommend it. It's called the three waves of volunteers and the new earth. Okay. I got to write that one down. Yeah. Okay. That, well, I was going to lead to Nick uh, after you spoke about that. I was going to ask you like, if you could give me like maybe three to five books that were integral in your, in your growth. Yeah. So definitely, definitely the three waves. Uh, is is fascinating and just just to describe what that means the three waves of volunteers mm-hmm. when she regressed all these people uh you start to get these patterns again you know you get these patterns of people all saying the same thing and essentially there has been higher conscious beings who have come to earth to help raise the frequency of this planet to get to the point where we're at now mm-hmm. which is the precipice of like the new earth and what she discovered was there was three waves of volunteers who volunteered to come to this planet um, the first wave was like the 1920s or something. The second wave was like the, the hippie revolution, the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the third wave was like around like right now it, where all these people are, are now like choosing to come because a lot of the higher conscious beings, they won't come to this planet. Um, because it's just, it's just a messed up place. Like it's it dark and, and scary. Like if they speak their, their mind and their love, they could get killed, you know? So they're like, yeah, I'm going to choose not to come. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a pretty terrible thing. Um, yeah. But we've raised the frequency of the planet and the mm. internet has helped raise the frequency of the planet mm. because it's spread knowledge, free information. We live in the age of Aquarius where knowledge is free right now. It's not right. about you're not going to get killed for sharing cool stuff about aliens. You know, like mm-hmm. it's right now it's more about um, entertainment. How can you entertain the masses to be interested in mm-hmm. all the free knowledge that exists right. out there? And, and so because now we live in that age of free information, you're not going to get killed for, you know, sharing your, you know, tarot card readings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people are now choosing souls who are higher conscious beings are choosing to come to this planet and, you know, share their, their light and their, their love with, with the world. So yeah, that, that's the, the, what the three waves mean with that book. Um, but of course the, the other book is, uh, be here now, Ron Boss, which is just, uh, his, his story with psychedelics, with being a Harvard professor and Mm -hmm. getting kicked out of Harvard for doing studies with LSD with the college students there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, traveling to India and getting a guru who was talking about like all this crazy like stuff this telepathy. He was describing telepathy in a way that was like very real sounding, you know, like very like the way in which he wrote the book. And the first, the, the first part of the book is like, have you read be here now? It's like, I have, the, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful book. Like the first part is just his story. It's like, I don't even know, like maybe 40 pages or yeah. more or less. And it's so real that, that, I started to realize like, Oh, maybe, maybe all this like psychedelic crazy stuff that happens when you're not on psychedelics could actually exist. Right. And, um, and then of course the rest of the book is poetically artistically trippy and just like, it opens your mind by just scrolling through the pages. Like mm-hmm. that's where you feel the emotions. by yeah, age, age. Just like you feel like you're taking LSD by just reading the rest of the book. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that one's just, Oh, so good. Mm. <laughs> and then the power of now with um, mm. okay. uh, mm. that one is like the training wheels for people to, to die. That was my, that was my yeah. training. I was like, okay, like you want to learn about uh, higher consciousness. Um, let's talk about the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Against the present moment. So I highly, I highly recommend that one. Uh, I've given that one to my brother. Uh, he has yet to read it, but hopefully at some point, you know, in, 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 <laughs> when the in, time is right, yeah, yeah, he'll open up and, you know, I, I think that one's a great one to, to open people up to, to the higher reality. Mm-hmm. And I imagine probably most people listening to this right now have probably already read it, Yeah, but it's, a, yeah. Uh, it's also just good to know for like friends and family who want to just become more conscious and more healthy and yeah. mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, a great starter book. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, the Four Agreements was good. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of other other books that were like that were pretty good in in my journey. I'm trying to think of other ones. Yeah, like those ones were the most significant books in in my in my path in my journey. Um, also, it's not a book. I mean, Terence McKenna. He he has many um, many books, uh, yeah. but I before I took mushrooms for the first time, I, I listened to countless hours of his lectures Mm -hmm. and that he describes a psychedelic experience with beauty. Mm -hmm. He really does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a gorgeous thing how he describes it. So yeah, that, that was, that was another significant uh, path in my awakening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Um, around that time when I was waking, I don't know if I discovered Terrence before or after those initial shifts in my consciousness, but, uh, I think it might've been before and after, like I really was getting into him around that time. No, I think it was after actually, cause I can picture myself first hearing about him at my own apartment at which I had gotten after my awakening. And yeah. And just, just the way he spoke about things was, it really opened my mind to a lot of different things. Like, cause that's what really un on like cracked my mind open to all those things that were previously considered to be mythological. He would talk about like elves and fairies and stuff. And that's the kind of stuff that you immediately have this, that's nonsense. That's myth. 
And who knows, but still, it was interesting to hear a perspective that said these things are possible as well. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But yeah, his whole perspective on uh, on just the mind and the planet and how we're supposed to be living was truly like remarkable, man. I love yeah, that. his dimethyltryptamine, his DMT experiences and mm-hmm. just describing those, which now that, that energy kind of was transferred to Joe Rogan, who, mm. who describes his DMT experiences, which yeah. helped awaken a lot of people to this like greater reality. Because I think the cool thing about psychedelics is that uh, y- you could be someone who's amazingly skeptical about all of that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a, a powerful psychedelic experience, it's, it's so personal and so emotional and so real that, you know, it's, it's like that, that is a uh, pretty significant pathway to awakening. And yeah. um, the, the mushroom itself is like the spores of mushrooms can travel through space mm-hmm. and, and not get disturbed. So the, one of the theories is that, uh, the mushrooms traveled from like a comet, uh, came to the planet and, you know, released the spores onto the, on, onto planet earth so that, uh, it could be used as a tool for the awakening, the stone Dave theory. Exactly. Which, yeah. like, the evolution of the stone Dave theory is that there was a, uh, it was consciously sent to this planet mm-hmm. by a higher intelligent race for assistance in right. you know, our, our human development. Mm-hmm. So who would you say are like, um, I guess some of them will be similar to your book choices, but like who would be your five main teachers, I suppose? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely Ram Dass. Um, Ram Dass was just huge. Like, yeah, I, ha- I went through periods where I would listen to people and just, mm, I would just like, I was like hungry for knowledge and they were like exactly the food that I was looking for. It was just <laughs> yes, tasted so good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like Ram Dass <clears throat> just, just uh, consumed all, all that. His, mm-hmm. he, he's great with like the Eastern philosophy. You know, he, he kind of stops. He doesn't get into ETs and, and that realm, but mm-hmm. his Eastern philosophy, just so great for that yeah. initial stage of awakening. Eckhart Tolle also. Um, <clears throat> I, I had a period where I was listening to uh, Bentinho Massaro. He's a, a spiritual teacher. Not, not as big as those other ones, but he was um, at the time, maybe it was like six years ago or so, five, six years ago. Um, but he was like this 20 year old kid on YouTube who was talking about like awakening and all this stuff. And, um, I was just, uh, yeah, I love the way he described it. So I listened to his stuff for, I had a, a few years of listening to that. And like what he was describing was more like the awareness, um, the, the isness, the, the, I am consciousness, like really kind of diving into the technicalities of consciousness um, his stuff is pretty out there in terms of technicalities. Um, and that was, that was pretty sweet. And then, um, yeah, Dolores Cannon, obviously she also has, uh, talks on YouTube where it's just her speaking her stories. And I think those are amazingly enlightening. Mm. Um, let's see, what about right now? Uh, right now I am most interested in people who are channeling. Mm. So I've ever, have you ever read any Paul Selig? I have not. No, I've, I've heard of him through, through other podcasts, but yeah, I haven't read any of his books. Yeah. It's really good too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm currently reading his book, uh, the book of love and creation. And I read one of his before that and yeah, they've been really profound as well. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah. I, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I love channel materials and, um, 
Yeah, I find myself gravitating towards um, people who channel the Pleiadians. Mm. Uh, I think is is potent right now. From what I've gathered, the the Pleiadian, <clears throat> who are a higher higher conscious race of people, essentially ancestors of humans, um, they are uh, full of love. They're full of compassion. They're full of uh, like almost like a, a parental love for humans and um, it seems as though they're they're actively helping humanity at this time. So if you search like Pleiadian channeling, uh, there's some pretty significant, uh, I don't have like one source that I could really recommend yet, but um, I've really enjoyed, yeah, Pleiadian channelings. Uh, I love, someone channeled their, actually, I think it was um, Bringers of the Dawn. I forget. Sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, Barbara, I think her name. Let me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, somebody in um, one of your podcasts mentioned it. And yeah, I remember five years ago I came across her as well, Barbara, someone, and I just listened. Yeah, to it. yeah. this is fascinating. Like it was just so yeah. cool to listen to. Absolutely interesting, and I love. She essentially channels the Pleiadians, and what's really cool. Oh, there's some Dolores Cannon books that are really dope. When she starts to channel. Uh, extraterrestrials mm. because it, she, she's like, where are you? She finds something off from Earth and she can then ask, okay, what is your society like mm-hmm. on this planet? What's your governing system like? What do you look like? She can really get this very clear picture of what a society looks like from a higher uh, extraterrestrial perspective. And typically speaking, they're not lower than Earth or like higher consciously. Yeah. Yeah. And and the way in which the governments work, it's like there isn't one like governing body. It's like everyone kind of governs through a mutual understanding. Right. And um, with the Pleiadians, they talk about relationships and like what it means to be in a relationship. Like, wh- what is your what is what are your relationships like on on your alien planet? Mm-hmm. And and it's absolutely beautiful what is what's described, and it's basically this mutual understanding of you you get into a relationship they have a couple forms of relationships. One where it's um, two people, monogamous, uh, where it's two people who grow connected and they learn and grow with each other. It's pure love and they experience life as this couple. Mm-hmm. And the moment it's the moment they, they should like break up, you know, mm-hmm. is, is, is brought on with so much love and understanding because it's never a single person who is like, I want to, you know, experience. It's always, we both recognize that our soul journeys have come to a completion with each other. Mm. And now it's time to go and explore outward. And we both have so much love for each other yeah. to like, yeah, go and do and explore <laughs> and grow. Like this has yeah. been so phenomenal and all the love we ever had is always still going to be there. Right. And so they, they move on. And that's something that I've integrated within my own relationships mm. and breakups where it's like, there's, there's that mutual love and understanding. And at least from my perspective, I, I try to do as much as possible. I don't, I, I can't control what the other person does, but mm. quite often the other person it's, it's mirrored back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then and their other form of relationship is they have like groups of people mm. um, where it's, it's like uh, it's, it's still a closed container, but it's multiple people. And that's like a relationship pod almost. Okay. Yeah. And so they kind of, yeah, experience that. But yeah, I just find it fascinating how, how 
life is on other planets. Yeah, I know. Eh? Uh, have you ever read or heard, because I, I listened to this on audiobook form, I uh, found it really cool, uh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Not yet. Oh, dude, you got to check that one out. That one's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's one thing. There's three books. And in the third book, they talk about more other planets and higher evolved uh, societies. And it's it's so amazing to hear how uh, God describes those other societies, what it's like to be a higher evolved species. And it said something that you said earlier, like when you're that highly evolved, the idea of fear or worry just seems ridiculous to them. It just makes no sense. Like, why would you worry? Worrying is just bringing in negativity because you choose to, why would you choose to have negativity? It makes no sense, you know? And yeah, the whole premise behind it is, is wonderful. Like there, I can't think of anything in the three book series that doesn't resonate with me. Everything seems to be completely accurate as to how I would describe reality as well. Yeah, Thanks. Definitely a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, aside from that, like what you were saying actually brings me into i guess my next question or next topic discussion to end us off because i think we got about a half an hour so um yeah, marathon love it i know right yeah oh man i could easily go for like four to five hours but i realized last time my uh the last podcast i did ended up being like three hours and 40 minutes and when i put it into my recording program it would the file was too big <laughs> like it couldn't handle it it was just like it was ableton live it's like ableton live only goes up to like 2047 megabytes and your file is 2500 megabytes so i was like <laughs> if i cut it at three hours then i know it's going to be good so it, it offers me that structure because honestly like i'm sure we you and i could talk for days so um this whole idea is it basically that like what what is the new earth going to be like like the whole idea of what we're moving mm -hmm. into like the golden age you know like the becoming a higher evolved state of being uh, a higher evolved race in general of humans. Uh, how do you envision us moving into it? And how do you envision that? I, I don't even know how to structure this question because it's, it's, you know, we're going to evolve for the next, well, there's no end to evolution, but you know, yeah. Like how do you see the next few years? How do you see us moving into this? What is it going to look like when we're truly a peaceful society? It's yeah, it's, it's a really cool question. And I, it, we, it's going to be, it's going to be a couple of things depending on our perspective. Mm. Um, because, uh, for example, this whole pandemic, the perspective can be, it's terrible. It's frightening. Like I'm scared and I'm full of fear and I want to watch the news to, to comfort me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and why is this happening to us? Mm. Um, that is one perspective and that's a legitimate perspective, mm. you know? And, and that is, uh, this event is a new earth event. Mm. And the other perspective is I recognize that this is shaking things up mm. so that we can like new sprouts can come up out of the ground. We can recognize that maybe we don't all need to travel in our cars to go to work and pollute the environment. Maybe we can use this whole internet thing to stay home and work from home and like be at peace with, with just this environment that, that resonates with us. Um, maybe, maybe like with schools, like maybe all kids aren't meant to sit there in a hard square desk and learn from a teacher lecturing. Like, I know I certainly was not meant to do that, but I was forced to. And, um, we, we, we see like school shootings, like the mass mass shootings. Um, that is a sign of a social disease. Mm. And it's simply a symptom of a sick society. Like that, that's what it is. 
And some of these kids who get so like, if you look at school shooters, a lot of them are bullied. A lot of them don't feel like they belong. A lot of them shouldn't really even be at school. Like that's not how they're meant to learn. Mm. And if some of those types can just learn from the comfort of their home, like they're more um, like socially isolating types, they, they prefer just to like be at home, maybe even play video games with friends. Like they just prefer not to be out there and socializing because they don't fully get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if more of those type of people have the choice to work from home and, and learn from home, we, we could see more harmony, you know, the more outgoing type can go to school and do that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so what this whole pandemic has done from, from this other, like the, the new earth perspective is it's opened us up. It's cracked our system so that, that we can have these new growth of this new, this new earth coming through. Mm-hmm. So what, what we're going to experience, what we really need to experience is more major world events. Mm-hmm. And um, it, that, that's like, that's simply what's going to happen unless everyone goes to bed and wakes up enlightened, <laughs> you know, unless everyone has these epiphanies of, Oh, I get it. I, I should, I should help my fellow man, you know, right. um, which probably is going to happen. So we're going to, we're going to see events that take place that shift consciousness. Yeah. And we can either, see it from the perspective of fear, or we can see it from the perspective of love and evolution. Mm. And um, there's, there's another book that I, I forgot to mention before, but the law of one, um, mm. the raw materials. Another one I've been hearing a lot about lately that I got to get into. Yeah, that is a, that's a pretty uh, significant channeled material that has a lot of uh, potent truth. Um, mm. And just really, really quick, it's Ra is in the, the Egyptian sun god, like the Egyptian like god of gods, you know, like right. the main, main uh, head honcho. Um, and it was actually, it, it's a, it's a, a fifth density uh, social memory complex, which is a multiple kind of soul organism that all exists as a single entity, a single unit, which is mm-hmm. the, an evolution of, of, of uh, beings, of human existence, of, I mean, human of, of existence. Um, and it was channeled in Egypt, ancient Egypt, and it was given the people some super potent knowledge to, to live better lives. Um, but the knowledge was distorted by the pharaohs, the higher ups, and it was used, it was, you know, turned into like the, the sun God, it was turned into something that they could then use as information to have people then fear the rulers and control the people. So the message was distorted. Um, but in the 1970s, there was a group of people who uh, started to get into channeling and raw started to come in to their channelings. And they, uh, they, they wrote five, I believe, I believe it was five books that were all just transcriptions of all the channelings. Mm-hmm. And um, in it, they describe uh, raw, this social memory complex, this higher, higher intelligent race of, of, of consciousness describes um, being of service to self or of service to others. Mm-hmm. And the new earth is going to be one that is majority service to others. Mm. And the way to enlighten, the way to, to evolve through consciousness is to be more of service to others than we are of service to self. Right. And it's actually not that much more. It's like a little bit over 50% is, is being of service to others mm-hmm. that lets you climb up that ladder. Right. Um, but it's actually more difficult than it sounds because we're by nature kind of like selfish creatures. Like, we, you know, 
we, and we have to, we have to make sure that we're taken care of. Like that, of that's very important to, to focus yeah. on yourself, make sure you're making money and, and you have food and you have shelter and you have all that. Um, but in the future, we will be so of service to others that having shelter, having food and, and, you know, having medical care will be 100% universal that we're all taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. So, so as we evolve, what the new earth is going to be is uh, one which we all, um, it's like we, we're, we're moving up the chakra system. And, and if you're familiar with like all, all the chakras, you know, start with the root chakra, which is fear, which is like survival. Mm-hmm. The next one is sexuality. The next one's power. And those are the lower chakras. And then it gets in like the heart and all the cool, like third eye and all that wonderful stuff. Right. Um, but humanity is, is currently in the lower, the lower chakras We're we're in the third chakra, which is power dominance, male masculinity, uh, you know, overtaking the planet and like dominating. Yeah. We just, we just got a new country and these are our yeah. borders. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll fight you if you try to take it like that it's power, it's pure masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're moving up to the next chakra, which it goes masculine, feminine, masculine, feminine, and mm-hmm. feminine, which is the heart chakra, which is this next one that society is moving into. The heart chakra is us taking care of the planet and taking care of each other. Right. And that is being a, of service to others. I've never heard it from that perspective before. I never even heard the whole idea of it going masculine, feminine, masculine, feminine. I've never heard that before. Yeah. That's all my, like my own stuff that, that I channeled in through, uh, through what I've done. And, right. and it just, yeah, I just downloaded. I'm like, wait a minute, it is masculine. And yeah, you look at it, it's mm-hmm. like very much masculine, masculine, feminine moving upward. Um, right. And then society as well is going through, going through the chakras. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So we're essentially going upward. And if you keep going up, you start to get into speaking truth, right. which is, which is sacred knowledge and information that enlightens people. And once, once the truth comes out, once people get enlightened through, through, through speech, it then goes up to the third eye, which is telepathy, which is we, we are all one. We're all connected and we have that. We open up that channel, that connection. Um, uh, in the new earth, we will be telepathic. We will, we will be communicating telepathically. Right. And I personally already started doing this with people that I'm friends with who, mm. um, who we're evolving consciously together. And it's groups of people where nothing is taboo. We share openly and honestly, vulnerably with each other about everything that's happening in our lives. And um, we do it in a conscious way where it's about, it's about evolution and the more that this is my own philosophy, but the more that we share, the more telepathic we become mm. because um, what blocks telepathy is like wanting to hide something like w- wanting to hide sexuality, uh, like certain things that you're ashamed of in your past. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't share it with, because people will judge me, but if you have like a safe container where you can just share your like traumas from childhood or, sexual thoughts and ideas that you think is like too taboo or you want to just like share like openly and honestly about spirituality with people. The more you do that, the more you train your telepathic mind to, to be open and receptive because you're not trying to hide who you are inside. Exactly. That makes perfect sense, man. Yeah, that is so true because yeah, one thing I noticed uh, when I was in a higher state of consciousness with one of my friends one time, we were just, sharing so much. And I was at, like, I was after holding a secret from him for a year, from four years. And I was just like, I realize now, man, like I can't feel completely connected to you right now 
because I've never told you this. And I feel like I've been scared to tell you. And he's like, what? what's that? So I told him. And then after I told him, we just ended up hugging and crying together for like 20 minutes straight. And I literally felt like we became one being like, I didn't, didn't feel like I was hugging him. He was hugging me. It was just like, I was part of this, uh, conjoined vibrating energy. And I was just one experiencer of it. And I was like, man, that's, that's the key. Like you got to abolish all boundaries between each other. And then you can truly feel that connection feeling. And it's beyond yeah. anything you could ever imagine, man. Yeah. Cause when those, when those walls come down, mm-hmm. your energy starts to blend. Yes, exactly. You feel that oneness. Yeah. And, and with my friends who I'm just like op- open with and, and we share and we love, like it, the, the telepathy comes through, I'm thinking about them, they'll text me. Mm. We're in the same room and I have something on my mind and they go, is there something on your mind? Like you can start to feel that, mm. there's, that, there, that there's something to be shared. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it gets to the point where the serendipity is so through the roof. It's like every day there's like something crazy that's yeah. just like, oh, like, <laughs> I know, right? Like, I was literally just about to say this. You said it. Yes, yeah, so you start to really like your energy start to blend together. Yeah. Yeah, I know it happens all the time to me now. It's mind blowing. But like, mm-hmm. even at the same time, it's like, yeah, this is how it is. <laughs> I just accept it that this is how it works now, you know? Yeah. Um, that's very true. Oh, man, all good stuff. All right. So I feel like that's a good way to bring it to a close. Any, any things that you want to cover before we do? Like, we still got about a 20 minute window there, but, uh, you know, I'll leave it open for you. Oh, man. Yeah. We, we really went through it all. I, <laughs> It's, it's cool. Having this whole uh, long form format is uh, unique. It's, I usually end mine at about an hour. So it's just like a quick, almost like introduction and like, let's share a story or two. Right. Um, but having like this, this three hour format is really cool. Cause you can really go deep and, and exactly right. It's like, it's like when you're camping with people, I love the analogy of camping because like, mm. You camp for like three nights is is like the perfect amount. Because the mm. first day, everyone's like, <clears throat> they still have their mask on. They're still like, <laughs> and, you know, like, oh, what's up? You know, you, you're still like, like, just kind of like being this like friendly. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm still, I'm still wearing my mask. Right, and then you're playing your part. Playing your part. And then day two of camping, it's like, oh, we're actually going to be here for like four days. <laughs> like three nights, <laughs> like. All right, this is this is a lot. I don't know if I can hold that up. And all of a sudden, people start to become more real and more real. And then like, the next night, and there's like this significant moment you recognize you're all going to leave in a day. And like, yeah, it really creates this this bonding connection. And mm-hmm. I, I feel so, this long form format. Is, so it's kind of like the podcast is like the camping uh, parallel. Only each hour is a day. Each hour is a day. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Because we're into yeah. the third hour here now, or approaching the third hour. Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely love it, and I I feel as though um, conscious people around the world are connecting right now, and it's it's super important now more than ever to put your voice out there and share. Because like you and I, like we are living in that throat chakra, like we're mm. a, a few chakras above where society's at, right. and we're the way showers. Like we are pointing the direction of where to go and, and, and how to live the best life. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are listening right now and, and feel energized and excited, it's really about sharing and just putting yourself out there without any attachment to the outcome. And, and, you know, really not worrying about what people think, which is, which is one of the most difficult things for a lot of spiritual people because of 
past lives have been killed for like beliefs and things like that. And so, yeah, just, you know, keep putting it out there. And I, I feel this connection between you and I, uh, super cool, like brotherhood, um, maybe we're from the same, you know, star system or something, but <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a creator. I love creating. I've started over like nine companies and I just, I feel as though creating something with all of us, like this, like online festival, like something where it's just, we can all come together and just keep spreading it. But like, I think there's power in numbers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm just putting that out there because I think there's some magic yeah. that could potentially happen. Yes. So yeah, just put it out there, see how it evolves. I'm interested in doing something like that too. Just, yeah. Like that's the whole point for me uh, is to put, you know, my whole thing from the beginning has been to share truth and love in every way I possibly can. And, you know, it, it occurred to me several times over the past years to start like a podcast or something, but I just didn't feel it was the right time. And then sometime last year, I just said, screw it, got together with one of my buddies and sat down, just pressed record on my iPhone <laughs> and just, we let, ended up talking for like five hours. And uh, then later on that year, I, I made a big move. And then uh, last November, I had to leave a job I was in. I was like, man, why, why, not, why aren't I doing what I want to be doing? And then I just said, screw it. I'm going to start that podcast that I've been talking about for years. And then ever since then, it's just been amazing, man. The people I've come in contact with, uh, the connections I've made has been absolutely amazing. And it just keeps growing all the time, exponentially. It's unreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah, you and I are on a very similar path too. Uh, uh, I started a, a podcast like a year ago and um, it was just like a, a few kind of test runs really. And mm. And, um, the podcast I started was called infinite potential, like to help people tune into their infinite potential. Mm. And I got to like episode, I had never released anything. It was all just, I had just been building a few episodes to release it. Right. And then my friend sent me a podcast, um, Deepak Chopra's podcast. And, mm. and they're like, you got to check this podcast out. It's so good. And so I click a link and it's like, uh, hey, I'm Deepak. Uh, welcome to Infinite Potential. And I was like, <laughs> no <way."> <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Okay, if anyone is going to pass on this baton and take it somewhere, go for it. Like, yeah. I, I, I uh, we, we were all connected and kind of like we all were tuning into that, that mm. um, concept. But uh, I, I then, you know, stepped away. And yeah, now we're both starting at the same time. And now mm. we're like deep shift because the whole planet's shifting. It's like the perfect time to yeah. talk yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just, I, it's, 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 uh, it's a good time to utilize our voice and our truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. uh, the more we put out there, the better it is. And what I realized, because I, I think a lot of people have intimidation. I've, I certainly had a lot of intimidation about putting my voice out there and putting my, what I believe out there mm-hmm. um, is that uh, a lot of people don't really care <laughs> too much about anyone. Right. Like people don't really care too much. And, and quite naturally, if, if they're not interested, they won't tune in. Yeah. And, um, if they don't care enough, if, if it's, if, if they like, don't like what you're saying enough, they can then reach out to you. Like, let's say there's a friend. I always had this like idea of like family or friends or someone who would like, I would be embarrassed about speaking truth about spirituality and all that. If I just shared everything I wanted to share, it's now up to them to come to me and be like, this is weird. I don't, you know? Yeah. And once I realized that I was like, that's a pretty huge step for them to even do that. And so they're probably not going to do that. Uh And if all they do is just judge me for like talking about aliens and like being weird, 
yeah. then that's kind of just on them. Like if, yeah. if they, if they never bring it up to me, it's not going to affect me at all whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So then I can still live in my world where I share my truth and they just have all that knowledge of, you know, of, mm-hmm. of Mike talking about, you know, aliens and higher yeah. consciousness and chakras and all that. It's like, exactly. I'm okay with that because it's planting seeds. And yes. uh, the more you put out there, the more natural it becomes to the point where it's like, it's not about um, even sharing the truth anymore, but it's about, entertainment and how can how can we get people interested enough to mm. tune into what we have to say yeah yeah man i experienced the exact same thing you know uh when i first started putting anything the first thing i actually released like to the world that kind of reflected me at all i just started making youtube videos uh summer of 2017 and i sat on them for like six months i never put anything out until the january of 2018 and then when i did i was like this is weird but I'm ready. You know, like I'm I don't feel like I don't let judgment of people get me down anymore. And it's yeah. going to be weird. Like people might say some stuff, but whatever, man, just put it out there. You got no fear anymore. And then I did. And then like, I was like, a lot of my friends and family members are going to see this side of me. Like they all see, like, I'm always truthful with everyone in my life, but there's only, I only go so far with certain people just because I realize, like, if I say certain things, they'll just like completely shut it out. So I'll just be like, but in this form, I'm like, you clicked on my thing. So yeah, <laughs> you got exactly. yeah. to hear me. So you decided to hear it. So this yeah. is what it is, man. So I yep. started with just a bunch of videos and then, you know, I kind of lost the motivation for that. Like, uh, I don't know what it was. It's just, it felt very unnatural for me to just sit in front of a camera and speak. But then when I started the podcast, it was a totally different thing because for me, it's all about conversation. It's all about connecting with someone, right? So yeah, uh, and now my most radical ideas are on the internet for anybody to hear, which is it has been unnerving at some points. But you know, uh, I'll just meditate on it, find out exactly what's bothering me, and then I can let it go. But yeah, you know, I do say some pretty radical stuff in terms of what's normally accepted. But yeah, I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's got to be done. <laughs> yeah, you know, and there, there's a lot of power in that too. And I was reading a, an article by Tim Ferriss, you know, who's got one of the most uh, popular podcasts uh, on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about fame and what comes with fame and kind of the dark side of fame. Right. And he said that there's actually, there's a lot of power in him sharing so much about his life mm-hmm. and like his psychedelic use and all of that because people then couldn't use it against him. Mm. You know, he shared it so openly and like, this is like what I do and like his journey with like, you know, all, all different sorts of things within his life. Mm-hmm. He was able to share it just so openly that it's like, it's out there and like people know, and it's just like that it is what it is. And then no one could then, it wasn't like this like dark secret that like, mm-hmm. I'm going to blackmail you. You know, there's none of exactly. that. It's just, it's just, this is me and this is who I am. And I just have fun with life and try to you yeah. know, be the best version of myself. So yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of power and, and I've experienced, I've, I've actually only experienced beauty in mm. sharing my point of view. Like literally, like if we're really going to get down to it, like all the fears aside, like I have only experienced amazing serendipity. The more mm-hmm. I put out there, the more friends I get, mm-hmm. the more like soul family I get to know, the more people who are like, friends with me in the past who were like, Hey, that's like really cool. And that changed my life. And, and this helped me so much. And it's like, it's actually a, a wonderful thing. It really is, man. That's incredible. Like, uh, uh, like I've encountered very little resistance, like overall, like there was like one or two times where people made comments and were just like, that doesn't make sense. And then we'd end up having a conversation 
and we come to some compromise and end up being friends anyways. <laughs> like it's just always beautiful. Like I haven't had anybody just outright try to destroy me or hate me or anything like that. Nothing of that happened. It's yeah. all been beauty, man. Every every experience I've had because of this, putting myself out there, is like for a large majority, it's been nothing but beautiful experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you get the trolls every now and then that you can you very much recognize that there's in it for the attention. And sure, yeah, yeah. They don't really actually care too much, but <laughs> it's very easy to type on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when you start to get those trolls and those people who are uh, maybe complaining or, or, or the pushback, mm-hmm. then you've reached a, a pretty, like, you know, you've reached level of success when right. these people are, yeah. you know. Having having that pleasant viewpoints. That's actually if you're big enough to have haters, then that's a pretty good sign. (laughs) Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, man. All right, so uh, just to close things off, let's do the regular old. Where can we find you? Type of thing. What is your things? What are you doing these days? Where you know your Insta, your website, your YouTube, whatever you got, give it to me. Right now, uh, all my all my energy is being channeled into my deep shift project, which is all about the shifts in consciousness that's taking place in this planet, mm-hmm. the shift in humanity, and that's deepshiftnow.com. And uh, uh, I have I have yeah I have the podcast, a YouTube channel. Um, you can find it all at deepshiftnow.com. And um, I'm most active on Instagram, which is just at deepshift. Cool. that's it i'm that's right it. now all deep shift yeah okay, cool. uh, I, have, I have so many ideas and thoughts um but if you follow me in any of those places that's where i'm going to be you'll get it sharing any new ventures that that come out excellent man beautiful yeah. all right yeah. michael it's been an absolute pleasure man thank you so likewise much for being yeah best. yeah thank you so much I, I love this platform you've created um mm. you've got a, a great voice for this you've got a great mind for this and uh I wish you just abundance of success. Likewise. Likewise. Let's, let's change this world together, my brother. Let's do it. Sounds great. Peace. Peace.